saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. holiday rebroadcast of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. From January 29th and December 20th of this year, it's Art and his guest Mel Waters talking about Mel's score. And now, the best of Coast to Coast AM. To reach Art Bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Mel Waters has appeared on Coast to Coast AM several times over the years now. Many may remember his accounts of the mysterious hole on his property in central Washington, which appeared to have no bottom. The hole was, by Mel's account, measured to a depth of 80,000 feet, utilizing fishing line and a weight. Since Mel's first appearance on the show, many strange, fascinating, and rather unfortunate things have happened to Mel and the people somehow related to the hole. In a moment, it's back to Mel's hole and more. And now. Here he is from, uh, you know, I don't know where he is right now, Mel Waters. Mel, welcome to the program. I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, that'll do. Uh, first of all, it's great to hear from you, and I guess we heard from you, Mel, because what were you out somewhere when we did a rebroadcast of uh, the original Mel's Hole thing? Yeah, yeah, I guess this was last week sometime, and uh, I was coming back from uh, Nevada, and uh, it turned out uh, I get a lot of rides from truckers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you, might, you might find this interesting. I look a hell of a lot like Willie Nelson. Do you? Uh, I mean, you know, people will come up to me, and particularly truckers, and say, "Do you know you look like Willie Nelson?" Uh, well, no kidding. And, uh, and and I tell them, "No, no, no, I'm not Willie Nelson. I am Mel Waters." And they know who you are. Well, they know exactly who I am. And next thing you know, I've got three or four truckers standing around me, and we're talking. And well, how do you get them to believe you? I uh, I once was out in. I've got an RV, Mel. Yeah. And we talked to truckers uh, on CB. You know, that's real handy when you're on the road. And uh, I encountered some truckers, my wife and I did, and we were running with them. You know, you do that. You kind of run in a pack. And uh, they wouldn't believe it was me. I, I, they said, uh, your, your name is Art. You're from Broadway. Are you Art Bell? I said, yes, I'm Art Bell. They said, no, you're not. I, I, I haven't had any problem with it. I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I guess a lot of the 
the truckers that are listening to you aren't seeing you on your website. Or <laughs> so I, I guess they have no mental picture of you at all. So I think. Well, that's I mean, even, even on the radio, though, on CB, we were just talking to them on CB. Oh, so they they, they, they they heard your voice? Yeah, that's right. Oh, they, they, they would not uh, believe it was me. Oh. Uh, uh, they finally did, but it took about an hour. Anyway, anyway, Mel. Um, yeah, so we're you know we're heading back, and uh, we're we're near Portland, and he turns on the radio, and I'm on the air. You know, at first. <laughs> I didn't believe I was, you know, I, I, no, this is this is a dream. We've been on the road too long. And, and no, no, that was, that was me. And we were wrapping up the, the show there, and I decided, well, I'm heading back here. I had to see, uh, see a doctor for a checkup here. And so we, uh, you know, I came up here, and I decided, what the heck, I'll uh, bring the audience up to date here. It, I kind of left people dangling there at the end of... Uh, yeah, I got a lot of, hey, I'm dangling here. What's the story on Mel's Hole? Now, um to bring everybody just very quickly the 101 you found you had a piece of property in washington yeah out, out, out near ellensburg washington the center of washington state uh, up, uh near the uh, manastash ridge which is uh sort of like the mountain range that runs along uh, 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 uh ellensburg is in the kittitas valley and so you got a valley you've got mountain ranges and ridges and so forth and that's basically where the property is located uh out there um Tell them what happened. Go ahead, tell them well, what happened. Well, well, uh, oh, what happened with the property? Well, yeah, I mean, okay, you, we'll, you, we'll, you give you the, we'll give you the nickel tour, as Thank it you. were. Thank you, good. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, basically, uh, this was back in 97, so this was five years ago, almost, yeah, uh, yes. that, that I uh, sent a fax uh, to the show here, and uh, basically I described what I had done about this hole and how I uh, lowered some fishing line into it because, uh, uh, quite frankly, for years and years and years and years and years, people were dumping stuff into the holes. I'm talking refrigerators. I'm talking dead animals. Uh, uh, my favorite thing to toss in there was uh, TV picture tubes. But no matter what we tossed in there, mm. we never heard anything hit bottom. Uh, let me stop you for just one second. Mel, uh, do you have a Bible? Uh, yes. Go get your Bible. I'll wait. I will have I have the Bible right here. and I will... You have it that handy? Yes. Place your hand on it, Mel. It is right on the Bible. Do you swear to me, with your hand on that Bible, Mel, that what you are telling me and about to tell me is the whole truth, uh, the absolute truth? Let us say the absolute truth. <laughs> I don't even think the absolute truth. Cute. Uh, I'm sorry about the whole truth thing. Uh, the absolute truth, um, with your hand on the Bible, so help you God. Yes, I do. Uh, all right. All right. Then let us proceed. So you threw TV picture tubes down, but I mean, I remember cows going down and yeah. So, so, some people threw uh, dead and... cattle out there. I had a uh, little Mexican fellow that used to throw uh, uh, literally truckloads of tires down there. And there was enough. Uh, the hole was big enough so that you could throw something down, and you wouldn't hear it cascading off the side. It, as it, it, went it was it was nine feet across. And uh, it had a retaining wall around the top of it, and uh, the stone went down a bit. But uh, as far as I can tell, as far as I could see... No splash, no crash, no nothing. bang, nothing. Uh, and, and it seemed to, it seemed to be, and it didn't look like it tapered. It looked, you know, from everything that I could see. It looked as wide as far yeah. as you could it, see. It was a hole. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's further than I could see it tapered. I had no idea. But I figured if something tapered, eventually tapers down to... Nothing and things start collecting. Well, nine feet in diameter, that's a big hole. That's a good side hole. That's yeah. three, what, three yards across. That's uh, more than the average human being is standing up. So, so you had something across the hole, right? Yeah, we put a, uh, 
some corrugated metal and stuff on top of it kind of to secure it. By the way, had you fenced the hole in? Was there any protection? Was there a sign up that said... Beware of the hole? No. Yeah, beware of the hole. Oh, it, it, that's, uh, I think, would fall under the category of attractive nuisance. Uh-huh. You start warning people, and uh, that gets people enticed. So. But how about protecting people? I mean, Oh, well, again, that's God, what, what, just... the, uh, what the uh, corrugated metal on top was for. It was secured on there pretty yeah. good, so okay. you can, you know, okay. you, you, you couldn't open this up uh, without basically busting the mechanism open. And... So you began lowering fishing line into the hole uh, from this centerpiece, right? Yeah, yeah. first I, uh, I uh, used to do a lot of shark fishing, so I had a couple of big uh, fishing poles with a lot of line on them. And uh, uh, what, was curi- what I was curious about is to find out uh, if there was any water down there. You know, what the heck. So I lowered uh, sure. a big reel full of uh, line into it and... Uh, had a roll of lifesavers on the bottom. The, the, the roll of the lifesavers was simply because if, if they hit water, the lifesavers would dissolve. Absolutely. They would melt. Sure. You know, the old fisherman's trick. So that's what, uh, what I did. You know, I lowered down. I emptied this uh, reel. I assume there's about 500 yards of line on this particular reel there. Right. I did that with another reel, so I connected them up there and I get down to about 3,000 feet. And, and same same result. And then finally, I get kind of nuts about the whole thing there, so I went and bought uh, basically monofilament in uh, wholesale quantities. It's the kind of stuff that they fill the uh, fishermen's reels with down at the fisher uh, the sporting goods stores. You see, they have monster reels. Of, uh, sure, giant. So, you know, basically I started lowering the stuff down there on a uh, uh, one-pound lead weight into the hole. By the way, did you have any help, or were you doing this all by yourself? Well, uh, about... No, the, the, the project was conducted by myself. I didn't, uh, I didn't have, you know, assistance or anything. Yeah, like it was that. your own property anyway, right? It was, it was, it was my property. Uh, we were, my, uh, my wife was becoming estranged from me, so she wasn't hanging around or anything. I was just mm-hmm. sort of out there at the uh, property doing, doing, you know, just, just to satisfy my own curiosity. And basically, at the point where I had reached eighty thousand feet of line into uh, uh, the hole, and right. uh, I had a little. Uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, I had a little widget that kept track of, uh, it, it's just like a little, it's not a, it's not a mechanic, it's a, like a mechanical digital counter. But it is, it is, was made for measuring how much line goes down. So I knew exactly how much line I'd put into the hole at that point. Which was? 80,000 feet. 80,000 8,000 8, times 10, or 80,000 feet. Something like 15 miles of line went into that hole. Uh, there are people who have questioned, uh, I mean, you had a little weight, of course, on the end. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then you had the weight of the line itself. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, people say the line would be so heavy that uh, you would have no idea whether you actually hit bottom or not. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, w- I would think so. You know, and, 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 again, the only thing is I do recall I got back to you, and, and uh, what, I, what I did is I actually measured the weight of the line in the hole. Okay. okay, I had a little spring fisherman's scale oh, okay. put on the thing. And I believe I had somewhere between, with the weight on the bottom, between 17 and 18 pounds of weight attached to okay. the top. All right. That's well, that would have been there. within the limits. All right. I don't know. I mean, I mean it, it, you know, to, to me, it, it, you know, I, I, I think about it now, and I think about what I've been through, and I think about all these things here. And, and I, I don't know what to make of any of this stuff. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I know... That well, didn't didn't you have somebody talk about 
they're drilling like these huge deep holes in Russia or something like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, you got, you got your, your deep holes there. I, I don't know how what what the depth of a, of a hole is. The stuff the hole there has been there for as long as anybody can remember. If you talk to some people there, they say, "Oh yeah, this was there." You know, from like my there are people who say there are volcanic uh, vents or whatever. Could be. It could be. Um, but uh, still, at eighty thousand feet, no bottom of the hole. Now this hole exhibited some. Uh, lack of a better term, paranormal aspects. Well, well, yeah, and 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 I believe what I, what I had noted was that uh, uh, you know my dogs wouldn't have anything to do with it. You know they wouldn't go anywhere near it. Right. Uh, the uh, you know birds don't didn't mess with the, the the retaining wall. You know it's the kind of place birds like to go. They didn't go anywhere near it. Uh, uh, that there were people that uh, told me various things that you know when, when I talked to them about it. Uh, one one man claimed he had thrown a dog that died into it and uh at some some point after that he was out there hunting around up there in the hills and he he saw uh the same exact same dog just going through the woods like it was hunting with somebody so the whole then brought the dog back to life well is the idea now now here's the thing here i said well did you did you call the dog back to you mm-hmm. and and you know did it did it come back to you he said it looked like it was hunting with somebody else that's what he said. Well, at least it was happy. It was it was there on the same places where he had gone to. Now you believe so strongly in uh, in the powers of this whole I know that uh, as one condition. Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, wait, wait. The government came and took your hole. That's no, what well, look, there, there, there was there, there was quite a uh, a period of time there where uh, uh, after the program, uh, all hell had broken loose. And uh, yeah, I was going back to the to the uh, the hole. I actually wasn't living when I had talked to you originally. I was not living on the property. We had just had a really major snowstorm, like two feet of snow in 24 hours, and most of my uh, uh, trailer buildings and stuff were all caved in on the property. So it was a real real mess yes. out there. Anyway, I'd taken an apartment in town, and so you know it, it, it was the next day or whatever. I go back there, and uh, you know I'm driving up to my property, and even before I get anywhere near the property, I'm met by uh, basically uh, uniformed people who are telling me that uh, there was a plane crash on my property that uh, they have to investigate and clear the accident, and that I'm, you know, not to, uh, you know, they will let me know when I can come back. Now, this, bear in mind, everybody, this was after our, immediately after our broadcast. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is almost nobody like knew about power. the hole until the broadcast. Immediately after the broadcast, next day he goes back and they're giving him this plane crash crash. And uh, you know, I, I said, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm no dummy. I'm looking around. I don't see any smoke. I don't smell any smoke. And I didn't see any evidence of what would be a plane crash. So I'm pretty much believing they're handing me a bill of goods. Right. And uh, you know, I said, look, this is my property. I want to get onto it. Mm. And uh, basically, there were some threats made against me that. Uh, you know, I was being told that it would be fairly easy for people to find a drug lab on my property there. I'm basically a, a man who deals in herbs and, and Native American uh, herbal medicine. No, and, they're uh, saying, like, back off, buddy, or we got... We got you, and shorts. what could I do? Yeah. You know, I mean, what I had there, I suppose, could be construed as a drug lab. I mean, I don't know, but uh, that's where I was. Well, uh, was, was it a... Real drug lab, or well, I had I had I had the various uh, plants that grow grow native in that area. There, I had some plants that I brought up from Nevada growing over there, but none of these things are anything but plants that you would find 
growing in a high desert environment. And there are a None lot of, of a, a lot of psychedelic uh, hallucinogenic I plants. Did, no, I did not deal with anything like well, that. Well, but that's normal. I mean, that's all over the desert. It, it may not be widely known, but it's oh, the yeah. truth. There's so, all kinds of hallucinogens that grow naturally in the desert. Oh, the, 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 the people that know, and I've, I've, I've uh, worked extensively with uh, uh, Native Americans, and, and, you know, they can walk through... Uh, that area, and they can tell you everything. Okay, so about it's everything. not like you had a meth lab up there or anything. Yeah, that's, that's what they were. They were implying there was. It was herbal like... stuff. All right. Well, all right. So they scare you the hell away. Then, then, how did you come to make a deal with the government? How did that uh, happen? I, I, you know, I have a hard time figuring out uh, what what led around here. But basically, I wasn't going to back off. I was talking, basically talking to the press. You are the press, Art Bell. And uh, so what they did is offer to lease my property from me in perpetuity for a very healthy sum of money. And I'm talking like a quarter of a million dollars a month. To oh, have oh my to the God. Property. Yeah, that's three million bucks a year. That's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, I had agreed for them to uh, let me relocate in Australia, a place that I uh, love and actually wish I could go back to, but that's neither here nor there. Well, you did, in fact, go to Australia because I had a couple of emails yeah, from oh, you, yeah, when, you were, would, when you were there. I would I would contact you from time to time there yeah. just to let you know yeah. I was okay. And, and you and were that. in Australia. Oh, I know that's true. Um, so you, uh, you had taken the money, and I figured you were probably... Uh, sipping martinis uh, in some nice Aussie outback location with lots of nice young yes, very Australian, yes, and just having a nice life, uh, combing my beard and all that stuff. So what the hell happened? Well, and and then I, uh, you know, I was doing well. I did a lot of good work over there. Uh, one of, one of the things that I was allowed to do was to bring some of my uh, plants with me. They, and, they uh, sent they, you. Did they send you the money? Oh yeah, it, it appeared regularly in my account. I I got the money. Johnny on the spot. It was, it was great. You know, I, they they allowed me to bring my dogs with me, which I don't know if you know about transporting dogs across the seas, but you normally they can't do. bring dogs. I know. Well, yeah. without quarantine for a long period of they time. They were not in quarantine. They just said, hey. So they got you right past that. They got me right through that. I so, got, I got I mean, the red carpet treatment. You were the king of the hole, no doubt about it. That, I mean. was, that, that was it. I was living good. I was, I was happy, and... Uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, doing fine, doing my work out there. Did uh, uh, a lot of work out there on wombat rescue and wombat uh, 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 restoration. There it was great. And how many? How many quarter million dollar payments did they actually come through with? Well, I was there from. Uh, yeah, I, I, have, I haven't tallied it up there, but I was basically there from March of 97 until right before the millennium, <laughs> I mean the year 2000. Okay. All right. Mel, Mel, hold on. Hold on. We're at the bottom of the hour. I'm Art Bell. Mel, Mel Waters is my guest. Much more ahead. There's something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there.
Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800 893 This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. My guest is Mel Waters of Mel's Hole fame, and he'll be right back. Now, the keepers of the network vault of time information inform me that Mel Waters was originally on program February 21st of 1997, then again February 24th, three days later. Then... He wasn't on until April of uh, 2000. That would have been, when, I guess, when he came back to the U.S. So that, that's the timeline we've got. That sounds about right, Mel. So, you well, know, they, actually, they, they, they paid you, uh, Mel, a lot of money. I mean, there were several payments of a quarter million dollars, right? Oh, yeah. Um, just nice as every month. It was well, there. what the hell happened to all the money? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened, and... Uh... Uh, I had come back uh, in December okay. of, uh, what was it, when was, I was on... Would have been 2000, you were on uh, right. April of uh, 2000, so... 2001. Uh, well, it says 2000 here, maybe the time keeps... Okay, then it, it was right before the millennium. Right. Okay, so in ni- 1990- No, 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 this was the millennium, I mean, you yeah. know, zero, zero. In 1999, in December, I had come back... And I actually contacted you to appear on the air. Uh-huh. You know, oh. I, was, I was in the USA, and right. I thought we'd just kind of... Exactly. Actually, actually, it would have been a boring interview. It would have just been, oh, how life was good in Australia and how wonderful things were. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But everybody would know, hey, Mel's alive, he's doing okay. Uh, basically, at that point, I was, uh, I was helping my nephew move uh, from uh, Tacoma to Olympia, and I would, uh, on the, during the day... Before the interview, right, and uh, I, you know, we moved him down there in a U-Haul truck, and I was driving a truck back, and I was going to take the bus back to Olympia. Uh, there was some strangeness that occurred on the bus. There was an altercation. Uh, uh, there were, uh, uh, from what I, from what appeared to me, there were uh, uh, policemen and transit people that came over there. I was asked to give my statement. I said, no, 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 i got to get back to uh, Olympia, blah, blah, blah. I, I, you know, I can't miss the last bus. They said, that's okay. You can talk to us. We'll drive you back in the van. That was the last thing I remembered because when I had woke up, it was about 12 days later, and I was in a real seedy part of San Francisco lying in an alley. Uh, these winos were basically trying to get me to sing on the road again beaten up as i recall i was i was bad i had no teeth in the back of my mouth no no molars they were gone a dentist uh, by the way has since done some exemplary work for you you like that he he gave me some uh state of the art dentures they are wonderful so i mean you were abducted you were beaten up uh god knows what happened to you you found yourself in san francisco in a disaster you have come back from that obviously but i still want to know mel what the hell happened to all the money well what what happened was that uh when when i had gone back and i uh, was with my nephew i found out that i had been served with legal papers that said that basically the terms of my uh divorce with my former wife were uh, basically had been canceled i had lost uh 
my rights because of the various modifications that were made to the property after um, I was no longer using the property. <laughs> Basically, septic systems were put in. There was yeah. there various uh, paving that was done and modifications that... Right. Uh, uh, basically, I was not allowed to do. Right. And so I no longer had any claim on that property. And that's, uh, that's basically where I'm left. So. Well, okay. Um, still, though, Mel, um, what about all the money you did receive? I mean, did you blow it on wine, women, and song, or what? I, uh, well, again, the, when, you, when you have a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could only eat so much food and drink so much uh, good scotch. That's right. You know, I mean, That's I mean, right. And uh, I devoted a good deal of the money I had, one, for the uh, research I was doing. Uh, that was my, my activity. And two, creating a, a facility for, for uh, dealing with uh, our wombat friends in Australia. Yeah, I know you were very concerned about that. I, I remember did, you were writing about wombats. I am so proud of them because if, if you go now... So your money you, went to the wombats, really? Uh, a, the majority of it, but right right after that, then I tried to access my money. My money wasn't there. I had uh, sent emails to uh, my uh, colleagues in Australia. They said my whole facility was dismantled over there. Oh, my God. Everyone was given a severance check because I had uh, various students and various people working for me there because, you know, I'm, I'm not a veterinarian or anything like that. So, again, you can go through money, quite, quite a bit of money there. And, oh, yes. and I was glad to do it. I was glad to do it. So there I am, you know, lying, lying in, basically lying in the gutter, no teeth. My, uh, uh, you know, I, I could still see the tape on my arms where they had taped down an IV or some sort of thing to it. So I was out of it for the longest time. And uh, I contacted my nephew, and he uh, managed to get me a, a bus ticket back, uh, back north. Brother, talk about going from being a whole baron to yeah, I had nothing. I, and and uh, I, I, I kind of—that's kind of where I left. I, where I left everything when, when uh, you know, we we last last talked. Now I, I know that you've had contact with the Native American communities since you've been back. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. In fact, that we, we we will get into that because that leads to part two of all of this. But yeah, I know. I know. Kind of wrap things up. I wanted to to bring up some things because you probably noticed I was pretty. Uh, 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 tipped off that they'd stole my belt buckle. Oh yeah, I remember that. I, yes. I mean, and, and and you know, monks working with uh, with herbs and stuff. I'm kind of a an itinerant jeweler as well, and I make things. And uh, uh, I, you know, I went back to Ellensburg, and because I I'd sold a number of these similar belt buckles at the uh, farmers market and through little consignment jewelry stores in Ellensburg. Right. And so, sure enough, when I'm there, I run into a guy who's wearing one of my belt buckles. Now, and they were made with a silver fork. And I had, and uh, yeah, you'd know your own work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean they, they were very unique, and this was kind of a little folk art thing. And I had. Uh, what is the point, though? Well, well, the point is, is that I why I, I kept on thinking, why would they take my belt buckle? Yeah. That, that was that was the thing. I mean, this this was very personal personal item there that would you know I had a, another belt buckle on my belt. You see what I'm saying? Why 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 take a man's belt buckle? Makes no sense. Yeah. So so anyway, I run into this guy and I says, Hey, you bought one of my belt buckles? He's, oh yeah, I love this thing. Anyway, so we take a look at it. And we're looking at it. And basically, the motif on there is I had three coins, you know, that I had affixed to it in bezels. Right. There was a coin with 
Winston Churchill right. on it. There was a coin with Joseph Stalin. And there was a coin dyed with Franklin Roosevelt. Rather distinctive, yes. Well, this, this was Polkart representing the, the great conference that they had. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're looking, we're looking at the coins there, and we're noticing there it is a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt was still alive in 1943. That's a good point. In 19... Uh, you're sure? Yes, absolutely sure. Absolutely sure. It was a 1943 dime. Well, that just makes no sense whatsoever. I found a... You know, on my property, you know, I cleared a land. You know, I found that... Uh, uh, Nazi sort of gun there. It was a P-38 that I gave to the landlord as a deposit. I recall, yes. And we dig up all kinds of things, bits of metal and stuff like that. Well, I found when I went one time I was digging around there and just rooting around, I found one of these red Chinese lucky money envelopes. You know, the kind of Chinese give it to each other on yes on uh, New Year's? Yes, yes, yes. And it had ten of these dimes in it. So I got ten dimes. You know, I'm making, you know, these belt buckles. I put one in each one there. So we're examining this dime here with uh, this fellow in Ellensburg, and it struck us at the same time. I mean, when I told you 1943 Roosevelt dime, you thought, okay, okay, well, you know, it couldn't exist. We had a dime that there's no way it could exist. Right. But it looked just like your normal dime, but from 1943. And the only other thing that was kind of peculiar about it was that it had a B, as in baby, mint mark on it. Now, we have S for San Francisco, P for Philadelphia, D for Denver. Right. But I have no record anywhere of a B, as in baby, Or Boston. Mark. Boston. Could be Boston. I don't know what it was, but I, I know of no B mint mark on a dime. So anyway, this guy is really curious. He decides to go see a big-time coin dealer about this coin. And uh, he goes in there, and at, at the uh, coin dealer takes a look at it. He just is like, mouth is hanging open. This, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm relating the story from my buddy. Okay. He looks at this thing, and he's just flabbergasted. He's just, I, I, but what I don't understand is how all this relates. Well, well it, it ties into why... My belt, belt buckle was taken. Oh. Because it had the same coin on there. Oh. No, no. Are you fairly sure it was not the same belt buckle? The, 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 I had made a series of ten of them. I made one, ten of coin. I had ten of those same coins. I, I understand. So now was this the same belt buckle? Oh, it was or? one that he must have bought. Okay. Okay. Right. You, you, would you have any way of knowing if it was the same one? No, that... no. I, they, 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 they were very, they were all custom made, so each one was a little bit different. I, you know, I gotcha. Would, gotcha. Okay. And I would know for a fact it was not the one I wore every day of my life. All right. But, you know, he took it to a coin dealer, and the, the coin dealer was just amazed. He had no, I mean, he couldn't even begin to grasp uh, what what he was holding in front of him. You know, he, 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 he started telling him, I, I don't know, uh, uh, this this could be a prototype. Well, not, nothing explains it. I mean, time travel. What would explain? But, but uh, something created before Roosevelt would have even died. You know, when they created that time, they went to 
you know, they, they sped up the uh, process to get a, a Roosevelt dime after he died. But there's nothing that explains it. The guy offered him a huge amount of money, the coin dealer. Here, I'm going to write you a very substantial check. You give me the dime. The guy says, let me think about it, okay? I'll give you my number. You give me a call, and, you know, and I'll let you know what I think. I make a long story short, uh, a day or two later, this guy is visited by Treasury officials there who said they have to confiscate this coin from him for some legal reason or another, so they took the coin away from this. Should have made the deal the day before. He should have made the deal. <laughs> well, so, well. So, now, so, somehow, do you remember where you got these coins? Yeah, they were on my property. They were on the property, uh, just yeah. showed up laying on the property? No, I was actually dig digging around there, you know, because I, you know, turned a lot of dirt over there to plant stuff and, 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 and grow things there. And You know, I, I think about this, and nothing explains it. I mean, oh. time travel would not explain it. The only, you know, the only thing that I, you know, I even began to think about, you know, it's like over the years I didn't pay attention to it, but it was like, do you ever, do you, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but in, in the middle of every intersection, you know, on the road, yes. there's always a little pile of nuts and bolts. If, if you drive by, you'll notice them. Yeah. Little springs. In, in, right in the middle of the intersection. Yeah. Stuff that falls off of cars. Right. And it's, it seemed to me like that property was like that. All kinds of odds and ends were over there. I mean, why would I find a, an, an old... Well, you know, it's strange that you would mention all of this now. I remember in your, I remember you're telling the story of your belt buckle being gone, but you didn't go into the detail about your belt buckle before. No, now... no, because I didn't know the significance of it. I, I just looked at it as uh, a couple of old silver times. So I, now I didn't... suddenly you relate it back to the hole in exactly. the property. Exactly. I see. Exactly. So I, I got, see. I got this, uh, you know. So that, that, that kind of explains why the buckle would be taken from me. I suppose so. Uh, it, it might be proof of... Something other than Who it knows what, be. yeah. But that, that, that happened over there. Um, uh, and I, I just wanted to bring it up today. I haven't been able to track down my former wife at all. I mean, she is just like vanished. I, I don't know where she is. I don't know what name she's going under. I, don't, I have no idea. Hmm. Um... All right, uh, here's a question for you, Mel. Yeah. The military obviously still is in possession of your property, yes? Well, uh, I'm, you know, you know we, we have been saying military, we have been saying government. Whatever, whoever they are, they've got they, it, right? There is someone in possession of the property, yes. So if a person were to go to this property, uh, they would be halted or stopped before they could go on and make any sort of investigation or whatever, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to assume a number of things uh, since I have not actually gone anywhere within uh, five miles of the property uh, since then, that there's a chain link fence around it. There's probably a sign that says agricultural research do not enter or something like that. That's what I'm going to assume. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to assume that what it looked like when I owned it or or had it in my possession, it doesn't look like it now. I will also clue everybody into one thing. Uh, Art, are you familiar with the Terra server? Uh, yes. That's the satellite imagery? Yes, you can get satellite imagery of almost any spot on Earth. Okay, you go to the Terra server. Yes. And you go see the pictures where my property is 
in the Manastash. All right. Well, why don't you tell us how to do that? Uh, in other words, what specific photograph are we looking at? There well, should be a number or something. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't have that uh, handy, but if you if you found Ellensburg, yes, and you zoomed out, so right. the picture got smaller, right? You will see where my property is, and it's very easy to see where it is. And in what what it, how would we identify it? Because it has been expunged. What do you mean? Those pictures do not appear on the satellite server. The ones taken in June of 2000. Well, instead, where your property ought to be, what do we see? Two white squares. Are you serious? Absolutely. You go to Terror Server, that's provided by Microsoft. I'm not going to give any URLs. No, a lot of people know how to do it. And and look up Ellensburg. Right. Zoom out. Right. So you get a, and then you will see over where the Manastash Ridge is. Yes. My property blanked out. Actually, quite a bit. There's quite a few. Uh, wow. So that is, you know, you, you don't have to go by what I say. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, you, you can, uh, one you can of look my, at it yourself. trust me when I tell you, one of my listeners, within the hour, I can guarantee will find the exact photograph you're talking about, yep. if it exists. Yep. Send me the URL yep. uh, and or send Keith the URL, and we'll get it up and take a look. And you cl you're claiming. It's not there. But, but it has been expunged. Well, expunge away they might, but that still would identify the exact location. Well, it, it still covers a lot of ground there. But where it is, and I assume that because this picture was taken in 2000, okay, this I believe it was in June or something of 2000. Right. That there's been a lot of differences made in that area. And none of these, see, you get a really good picture on a terror server. Well, yeah, pretty you good. Could see, yeah. You could basically see a car on the road with the terror server. Yeah, yeah. That's from the satellite. So, I mean, right. you'd see a hole. You would see outbuildings. You would, uh, all, right, right. all right, let's direct people again. Uh, let's say it again. Uh, so, listeners who want to go to Terra Server right now and help us out, tell, tell them where to go again. Uh, look up Ellensburg, Washington. Then? And then you just zoom out on the town until you see the black, uh, the, the white squares where my property would have been. And that would be exactly? On the Manastash Ridge. All right, there's a good piece of evidence we can go hunting for. Just go there, but whoever controls the satellite and releasing it to uh, the terror server people decided not to let them have these pictures. Oh, isn't that something? Okay. So I mean, every listener can do this. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, uh, people want to, you know, want to go out there, and the only thing I tell them is, don't go there. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I don't know what people will do to you. Going to be uh, nothing but grief of that, one sort or another. I mean, it's these guys to go to Area 51. You know, you know that people have made treks to find Mel's Hole. I, 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 right now, I tell you, look, you know, it's there. Don't go there. You don't have to go there. It's there. Uh, but don't, don't go there on my account. I, I don't want to be responsible for anybody. Uh, anyway, so that that was. You know, that's kind of like, you know, bringing, you know, bringing this into focus here, okay? It brings us uh, certainly up to date, yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, got a, I got a, had a couple of other interesting things. These things are kind of loose ends, but they're not loose ends. All right, you're going to have to hold on because uh, oh. we're at the top of the hour. And then we're going to shortly get to the next hole. Mel has a new, apparently, endless hole. I'm Art Bell. From the high desert, this is Coast to Coast AM. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. 
I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're going to... East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Well, folks, for a short time, it would appear as though we brought the entire terrorist server down. However, enough of you went and looked, and we believe we found the frame in question. Keith has it posted right now. It covers an area, it says, five kilometers southwest of Ellensburg, Washington. And I'll be damned if there isn't a big white block missing from the center of this part of the terrorist server in the Manatash area. I can never say that. The Manatash? Manatash? But anyway, the area that he was talking about, we've got the link up there on my site right now. Go to artbell.com. Go to program. Tonight's guest info. And you will see related link terrorist server image of Ellensburg, Washington. And there is a big missing area. Now, whether this is it or not, I don't know. We'll ask Mel in a moment, but it's on my website right now. Thank you. Sorry about that, terrorist server. All right. Uh, we've got one terrorist server image uh uh, which is uh, says it's covering in an area about five miles uh, southwest of Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, does that sound right? That's that's about the neck of the woods we're talking about. Well, in this neck of the woods, there is one great big white blotted out area where I presume you know, were I to be able to see it, and it does look like a very interesting area actually. Oh yeah. Uh, there would be Mel's Hole somewhere there, huh? Yeah, that that I think that blotch. Yes. Over there covers like a four four mile by eight mile area. My goodness! But uh, what a blotch! Isn't that something? Yes, isn't my, my that... nephew told me about that, and uh, I said, "Well, you son of a gun!" You... Well, he's right. <laughs> We've got it up on the website right now. People can go take a look for themselves. So now we have uh, pinned down better than ever before hey. the area where Mel's hole actually is. Thank you, Mel. That was. Uh, that's damn good research. Uh, by, by the way, not too far from there on the uh, uh, highway that uh, 
goes to Yakima. I think it's 84 or 85. Yes. There's a rest stop. And I had a lot of reports from a lot of people that if they look towards the Manastash, they will see the black beam of light. They have seen it. I have had uh, truckers. I've had uh, people in town say, that's where I was. I was looking towards it, and I saw the flash of black light. Somewhere. Well, now, maybe my audience is not aware, but a television crew uh, went up to Ellensburg after we did the last program mm -hmm. and uh, researched this. And I'll be doggone, they didn't find the hole, but they did find uh, near the area where you were talking about a lot of military boot oh, prints oh, yeah. and all kinds of uh, information that would indicate the military, in fact, had been there or was there. Oh, they would have probably seen a lot of yellow gear tread marks in the um, yep. Uh, ground. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. You name it, it was there. But uh, my, my nephew uh, coughed that little piece of information up for me, and uh, uh, I thought I'd pass that along to our listeners. Well, wait till people get a load of this. Uh, and, and they can ask, why is it that that pretty innocuous? I mean, it, from from you know all intents and purposes, a very there, there's not a military base right there. Well, who knows? Well, I mean, you know, I, you, you know what I'm saying. Not an obvious one. Very close to my property, <laughs> there was the Yakima firing range, this and I will incredible. tell you that they have expanded the area of the Yakima firing range and also expanded the uh, the fly zone over it. Uh -huh. Correspondingly, <laughs> uh, isn't this also interesting? It, 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 it's just it's all it's all there. Well, uh, all right. Earlier in the program, before you got on, Mel, uh, somebody fast blasted me, and I consider this a really good question. Okay. Um, it is, what are the odds of any single one person uh, finding two apparently bottomless or endless holes in one lifetime? The odds against that have got to be gazillions to one. But oh. then I. Oh yeah, in, in, in fact, so you don't even you don't you can't even consider odds, you know. That's, uh, that's right. So out of outlandish. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, one other thing before okay. before we even get to that, uh, Richard Hoagland called uh, at the top of the hour, oh. and said, you know what, Art, you're right. Normal time travel could not explain what he just talked about, but there is one thing that could, and that is a parallel universe. Hmm. That is to say, a universe in which similar things occurred, but uh, with very different outcomes. And uh, a lot of our best scientific minds now, Mel, are saying that, uh, indeed, that uh, that could w very well be the case. Uh, you know, there could be a universe in which the Nazis won the war. And so there could be a universe in which the dime that you came to be in possession of on that so property. So the B on it might have stood for Berlin. There you go. Oh, my God, Berlin. <laughs> B, I forgot about that. Um, all right, uh, listen. Uh, anyway. So, I, so, so there there we are. And, and uh, the, only, the only thing, a few things I will add to this, uh, just to, to get us current, okay? Yes, yes. Is that I had reports from uh, some of my trucker buddies who once said he delivered a huge quantity a fiber optic cable really to a warehouse in Ellensburg now okay I don't know we're talking a huge quantity of uh, to a warehouse now let's it, see what might they want to do with fiber optics but he told me that all of the guys that were there that were in in the office there and uh, at the warehouse where he had unloaded stuff in, they were all Israelis 
What? They were all Israelis. Now, it's really going to tick me off if the Israelis have our hole. Well, this is what he told me. I mean, that is our hole. It's a U.S. hole. It's on our, our land here. That's right. But he said that the people that took delivery of that... Were Israelis. Now, mm. I talked with another trucker. I love the truckers. The truckers are... I can tell. I love them. They're good guys, I know. Oh, they're the best in the world. They are. They actually are. Delivered, apparently, to the same warehouse, a number of crated instruments, large crated instruments mm. from Lawrence Livermore Laboratory. Oh, gee. California ended up in a warehouse facility in Ellensburg. So that's pretty Ooh. much where I am with Ellensburg. I told you about the coin. I told you about the, the deliveries. Yes. Pretty much up to date. Now it suddenly brings a whole belt buckle thing down in San Fran into focus. My God, that's incredible now. Uh, that, 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 that's incredible. I mean, you know, it's funny, Art. You look at some things and you don't put two and two. You say it's a dime. I mean, I told you about it. It's a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Yeah. What the heck? That's a dime. What, what, what are you, you know, going boohoo about your dime? Until you realize... Well, it all was alive, it then. finally all drove it home to me. All right, well, all right. Again, that was that was me too. I I I had these things in my hand. I did little soldering around them and stuff. I mean, sure. I you know, so don't, don't feel bad. All right, now now let uh, in view of time here. Okay, uh, let, let's 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 move this forward. I'm, yeah, I'm, let, I'm, let's. Uh, you uh, connected obviously because uh, I guess of the plants that you grow, the herbs yeah. and all the rest of it with Native Americans, right? Yeah, yeah I, and and. Uh, all I'm going to tell you about them, I don't want to give the name to try because I don't want a bunch of people running down to meet there. Uh, these are very poor people. As you know, a lot of the Indians on the reservation are very poor people. Now, this is in Nevada, right? In Nevada. Okay. okay. Here in my state. Uh, and uh, there are uh, tribes uh, up there. Uh, at... Well, because of, of the kind of work you did, uh, the metallic work you did in belt buckles and the herbs you grow, I can easily understand the connection you would have with the... Uh, some Native Americans. So you, you connected with these Native Americans. Well, they connected with me. They, they actually contacted me through oh. email Oh. And, and said, look, would you be interested in coming down and discussing with us, you know, what you're doing, the research that you're doing, and, you know, talk about, you know, I, I have no, believe me, Art, I have no commercial interest in this at all, but they do. Okay, that's fine. Okay? Fine. I'm, you know, there's not going to be a patented bottle of Mel's Magic elixir here, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. This is this is their thing, but we, you know, we swap notes. We talked around a lot, and there are some specific. Uh, they knew who you were because of my program and the, of the show, yeah. coverage, and yeah, okay. Um, and and uh, so I, I went down there, and this was in early September of uh, last year. Oh, okay. So this this was actually before nine eleven. Right. Okay, but uh, shortly before that. Early, was, early uh, September. I was uh, pretty much incommunicado basically during that whole time, and strangely enough, so a lot of this stuff is news to me. All right. Uh, so, you know, we're over there, and, um, you know, they, they had done a lot of good work. They had cataloged a lot of plants. You know, we talked plants. I'm sure all this plant stuff is boring. And I asked them if they knew. Uh, uh, and, and I told them, I, I said, the plants that seemed to work the best were the plants that I had been growing on my property, and I described to them which ones they were, and uh, 
This was the hole near Washington, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And 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 and, uh, and so obviously you unraveled the story of the hole to them. Well, well, they they were they were aware they, they, they were all right too. All right. And so uh, I says, can you in your gathering and in your research and your studies have you found this specific variety? And I said because this was the variety that grew by the property. And that's where I ended up at the second hall, is because they took me directly to, not for the hole in particular. Well, then it's obvious to me that they knew your reputation. Right. They knew uh, the whole story of the hole, and the real motivation for inviting you down there, aside from the herbs and the rest of it, was that they had a hole of their own. Well, the, the hole itself, and we're, we're going to get into the hole I guess deeply, for lack of a better term, but uh, um, now you're guilty. I'm sorry, Art. Uh, uh, but basically, the hole is not on their property. Okay. I mean, you know, basically, their connection, you know, to get from the reservation or where the Indians are to the uh, the hole is they know. But where you're it is. you're telling me this hole is in my state, in the state of Nevada, in the state of Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, if you looked at the picture of. Uh, uh, of where the Manastash is in Washington. If right. you try to find similar pictures in Nevada, you probably find it there too. We have very similar looking terrain. To it be really sure. is. That's why I love. That's why I love. I love the high desert. That's my my kind of land. Uh, so but anyway, they, so I'm up there, and this land is used by members of the Basque, B A S Q U E community. All right. The Basque are. I, I don't. The Basque are interesting people, and. They basically came out to uh, uh, your state and a couple of other states, basically for uh, raising sheep, of all things. Okay. And so they are shepherds, and so I am introduced to the what is now the second hole. All right. Tell me about this. I mean, they took you to it. They took me there. I was. I was not. I did not go all the way up to the hole. But there was conversations between uh, uh, the Native Americans and the Basque and the blah blah blah. And they basically uh, uh, agreed that you know everything was as it should be. That I wasn't you know from CNN or the FBI or CIA or right, whatever. Right, right. Uh, and so I went there and uh, uh, I got to see the hole. Now, all right. What's there? What it is, is that if you, you know, walking up to it, uh, and, and first of all, this is in a fairly pristine area, okay, so there's like uh, uh, no real signs of civilization around there. There's no uh, no roads leading into it. There's no uh, 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 telephone wires, nothing like that. I mean, we're, we're talking pristine area. Right. No, no signs of, except for their habitation, no signs of habitation. Gotcha. Okay, you're walking up to it, and what you see sticking out of the ground is uh, a nine, well, the hole itself is the same dimension as the one in Ellsberg. It's wow. Wide. Nine feet in nine, diameter? Nine feet in diameter. This one had a metal collar around it. A metal collar? Metal, solid metal collar. That rose from uh, how? Two feet high and about two feet deep. Metal collar, and it had some notches in it that you could look like... In my estimation, you could mate something with it, you know, to lock it in place. It could possibly been like a locking collar. You mean it. something was, uh, it looked, in other words, it looked like something intended to lock to it from above? Exactly. Something would be lowered onto it and wow. locked into place. Okay. But the, the Basque tell me 
that this property or this hole here has been there for all of their experience, and they have been there since the 1800s, just the way it is, but the same hole. On not their land. They don't own this land, Art. This is probably government, U.S. government land. Well, the majority of land here in Nevada is BLM. Well, exactly. Bureau of Land Management. It's, uh, not, so. it's not, they don't own it, they use the land. You know, they, they graze sheep, blah, 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 that sort of thing. They and do. how long have they known of this hole, do you know? Well, uh, again, the, the one fellow I know says he, he knew this from when he was a young man, and he was well into his late 80s, and so he, he, he knew it from probably for the last 70 years. All right, because of what you did, we know a lot, at, at least quite a bit, about your hole up in, uh, near Ellensburg. But yes. this hole, what do we know about this hole other than its diameter? It's the diameter, and apparently it is lined with that same metal as far as you can see. You're, well, you're kidding. It is, it is solidly lined as far as you can see. So this is not a natural hole by any stretch. There's, there's nothing natural about this hole at all. Nothing. Can you all. tell what kind of metal it is? No, but I'll tell you one thing, and it was kind of, a, kind of an accident, but I dropped the box wrench on it. Right. Uh, you know, on the ledge? Yes. Made no noise. No, no noise. No noise whatsoever. You know, you drop a box wrench on a metal floor. Clank. Clank. Nothing. You know, we repeat the experiment. Blank. Nothing, 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 nothing. It makes no... You could pound on that thing with a sledgehammer, and it won't make noise. Okay? Oh, no. This is what I'm telling you about right now, is that this one here is so different from the one that I had in Ellensburg. Like, totally different. Uh, mostly because of this metal uh, around it. But well, when you, when you touch the metal, does it feel metallic? Is it cold as metal? Oh, would... this, this, <laughs> wow. This, this is interesting because a lot, a lot of the, uh, 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 the, uh, uh, the, the fellows that, that are there, and there was, there was five of us at, you know, towards the end of it, and it started with two, and we ended up with five. But, uh, what they say when they're up there, even in the wintertime, they can, they can, like, uh, put their, uh, uh, tent and sleeping bag right up against it. Keep them nice and warm. Warm? Yes. It keeps them nice and warm, but it is not hot. You know, it's not like, you know, like a fire hot. But the metal itself over there Ra radiates. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it there. An, but it, in other but words, if you touch it with your hand, is it hot, or does it just no. produce radiant heat? That it, 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 there is heat around it, but it itself is not hot. How, how does oh, that? Oh, this is really weird, Mel. So they, they are, you know, that's what you know. That that's the thing there, and so uh, we have we have this, uh, you know, hole in there. And they, they, again, from my understanding. They have known about that hole up there. It's uh, for uh, it, it has been known since the 1800s. It has been known exactly the way it is. Uh, I can tell you that uh, some of the people that I talked with uh, uh, towards the end of uh, everything on my way back uh, said it was a spiritual site for them up there. Uh, I asked the uh, the uh, native spiritual site. All right, hold it right there, Mel. Good cliffhanger point, so to speak. Sorry about that. Mel Waters is my guest, and we're beginning to hear about a second hole, oh my goodness, right here in Nevada.
Worldwide, call Art Bell from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. The wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. And to call Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. All right. Uh, Mel has confirmed one thing for us. Uh, we found the image on the Terra server that Mel refers to that has a big white square exactly where Mel's hole would be in Washington. Now... Uh, Mel is connected with Native Americans here in my state, in Nevada, and the Basques, and they've led him to this second well, covered with metal. It's got a, a metal collar all the way around it, and get this, folks, going all the way down inside the well, the metal continues far as, as far as the eye can see, or as they have been able to thus far detect more in a moment. Uh, coming up on Thursday, by the way, I've got Jan, Jan Lumbert here, who's uh, an advocate of the hollow earth theory. And that may in some way relate to what we're talking about tonight. I have no idea. We'll find out. In the meantime, Mel, so you, you've got this metal around the hole, uh, about, uh, you said, a foot or two high. Two, two feet high. Two, two feet, feet high. High And two feet wide. And the hole is nine feet in diameter. And as far as you can see... The metal continues down. This is no geographic uh, hole. This is no volcano vent. Or if it is, it's been modified by somebody. Well, if it's been modified, it's been modified, um, I'm going to say, long before the technology that we know of today. To do it. And it looks like there was something that should be latching to this okay. hole from above. Uh, so, so it, 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 the, I'm going to call the thing on top a collar, okay? And that, that's, that's, that's we'll call it the collar, all right. And, and it looked like there's notches in it, and it looked like you could lock something into place or line something up in it. Gotcha. It didn't move. I mean, the whole thing was solid. It's solid metal. But there are places where there are notches in it, and something is meant to... Orient, uh, my opinion. Okay. All right, what did the uh, the Basques or the uh, Native Americans tell you about what they knew of the depth of this hole? In other words, I'm sure they've thrown things into it or oh. have experimented with trying to find out how deep it is or something, right? Well, actually, they didn't They didn't do anything with lowering uh, uh, line it or anything to it, but they, they did relate to me the same phenomenons as... Uh, uh, that I had described uh, one uh, the fear of animals going by it. Uh -huh. uh, their dogs won't do it. Nothing. They they have nothing to do with it. There. Uh, they too have spoken of the black uh, beam. Uh, they've spoken of that. Uh, um, what kind of? What do you mean black beam? Uh, uh, from time to time, a uh, black beam. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this this is a contradiction, but a black beam of light, okay, comes from the hole. It lasts for a very short time, but it, it just goes directly up into the sky. And and when you look at it, it looks like a black beam, in other words, as opposed to if a lighted it, sky. If you had a flashlight and it, and, and it was capable of throwing off a black, not, not a black light like we used to have back in the 60s, you know, with all that stuff, but black, <laughs> solid black. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, that, 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 that's what... It, 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 there's no way to describe it. There's no... Uh, 
I, I am one of the few people that I, I've had other people tell me about it. I have never personally witnessed the black beam. You did perform some experiments on this hole, didn't you? Okay, let, let, let me let me talk about the first one. And 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 I'm not I'm not a scientist. I'm you know I'm kind of a researcher. But the first the first thing that we did is we had uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, Safeway or uh, 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 7-Eleven bags of ice. Uh huh. You know the kind that you buy. You know, and we had a couple bags of that. So we had. Put one in a bucket on the surface, and we lowered another bucket of ice into the uh, hole, 1,500 feet. 1,500 feet? Yeah, we, we had access to a nice winch, and about that much, we only had 1,500 feet of line, and that's what we... What was the idea of lowering ice into it? Well, well, first of all, the, you know, the, my, my curiosity was is that I wanted to know, it was, was it hot or cold down there? Okay. So we basically waited for the ice to melt about halfway on the surface, and we would... Hoist up the. Uh, I see. So uh, your ice, your, you had test ice on the surface. Yeah. To see so how that was moving. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. Of, uh, you know your 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 garden variety convenience store ice, right. you know, That you you buy anywhere, and, and nothing magic about it or anything like right. that. Right. And so we lowered it down there. We waited for the ice to to melt uh, on the surface there, and it got about half melty. You know, so it was sitting in a bowl of uh, uh, in a in a bucket of water with a few bits of ice floating around. We brought it up. And the ice in the bucket did not melt. It didn't melt. It was not melted. So we said, I mean, this was... Now, now wait a minute. Now, um, the hole had been radiating, uh, in some strange way, heat enough that people would camp by it. Yeah, they they did that in the wintertime. But it doesn't melt ice? It didn't melt the ice. It came up there. It was... We looked in the bucket. We had ice cubes in there. Did anything come back up with the uh, with the ice cubes? We we we, we had ice cubes. Yeah, I reached in the bucket of ice cube. I picked one up there. So in other words, nothing else. Dirt, water, anything else. No, nothing it, else the, the stuff the, the stuff appeared pretty much the way we had sent it down, uh, with, with the exception of when I put my hand in the ice. The ice wasn't cold. Felt like ice. What? It wasn't cold. This is what I'm saying. It wasn't cold. You, know, you you pick up a piece of ice, you put it in your hand. It's cold. It melts, and and it's cold. In fact, it makes you cold by melting. That that's how cold works. Right. Well, it it, it didn't. It wasn't cold, and in the hand, it didn't melt. So then, it, now they're more like blocks of glass. Yeah, I, I would say so. But we said, oh, okay. What we'll do here is we we'll take this bucket and we'll stick it on the fire. And we had a little place to cook. There, we stick the the. Uh, the bucket with the unmelted ice? Unmelted you ice. You put on a fire? We put it on, like, our cooking fire there. Okay. We had a little table and cooking area and stuff over there. and uh, uh, So we put it on there, and the ice catches fire. What? The cubes catch fire. And and and, and I guess maybe uh, catching fire might be the wrong word. That the, <laughs> the ice, we, we, we took it off the fire right away. And so we set it on the, on the dirt. And the stuff in the bucket was still burning. And again, burning might not be the right thing. It was giving off heat. Was, it was, it, given, was there a flame? It was not so much a flame as a kind of a... Uh, ooh, oh, you, have you ever used a gas stove? Sure. Okay. It was like the barest... 
turning a, a gas stove on. It was like it was glowing like that last flicker before you turn it off completely. That's what it was like around all the cubes. And you could you could knock the cubes around and separate them, and each one of them, you know, would would do, exhibit the same properties. Holy smokes! I, I, I will tell you that this bucket, well, some of the bucket there is still sitting there, as far as I know today, still doing what it was doing the day we put it into the ground and brought it up. So, so this this was September, and this is January now. That's how long it's been doing what I what I call burning. Uh. Um, what one guy took some of the stuff home. He put it in his wood stove, and you know he's got a cabin out there, and you know it gets damn cold where he is, and the thing has been keeping his place warm. Yeah, northern Nevada is very cold. Oh, it, it, uh, it, uh, uh, well, so, so this is like giving off eternal heat. I, I, I you know, or, I, again, or when I, it's it, if I'm get I'm not sure I've got this right. It it, it, is, it makes it look. It was neutral when it came out of the well. It was neutral. neutral. In other words, we you, put it on the fire, and it appeared. Again, my my terminology. This is very bad because it, it acted like a fuel. It it, it look it will look like if if I understand combustion. It was like it was doing combustion in a different way than, than we, we would attribute combustion to mixing air with fuel and creating heat and, and flame. It was, but it was doing kind of the same thing, is what I'd like to say. And uh, it's been burning like that since, again, burning is the wrong word, but that's all I got for it. I don't know how to describe this process since early September. Hi. hi. Again, a guy has, he took about... Uh, a coffee can's worth of this stuff and put it, took it home and put it in his wood stove in his cabin. You know, no wood in there. Yes. And the thing has been going since then. Now, we have tried this experiment of just the lowering of the bucket because we figure we could, boy, we'd like to have a lot of this stuff here. Oh, of course. You know, so, and sometimes we would go down there and we would get nothing. Sometimes we would get melted. Sometimes, you know, uh, not melted, but real ice. But every so often, this process duplicates itself. So we come up with the same thing. But it isn't like, you know, every time you, you throw, you know, you, you, you lower a bucket full of stuff there. That, uh, that it's going to happen every time. It doesn't happen every single time. A quarter of the time? An eighth of the time? Oh, um, I'd say one out of three times. One out of three. One, one out of three. And, and I, don't, I don't know... If it is, was the amount of time down do, do there. Do you possess any of this yourself? I, I took nothing with me, Art. I, I uh, would not, uh, uh, what, what is the word? I, it, this is theirs for now. Um, Let's say for now, okay? What about noise? Did it, it, At any point, did it make any noise? No, we, we, we never, we, during this, this process that we went through, uh, it made no noise at all it made no noise and we did not notice anything from the surface anything particularly unusual okay at all i mean there was you know it's just but were there any markings on this metal uh that were discernible in other words anything uh marked or scratched in english or any other language well, we we went we went we went at it with a, a a hacksaw blade you couldn't you couldn't hacksaw it you couldn't even dent it 
No, no, it, the, the, the metal, the metal itself, from what I, I can determine, and and, and, and I, I mean, normally if you have a metal thing that's hollow, you could tap on it, and you would hear that it's hollow. Right. But with this thing here, you know, if you're beating on it with a, you know, like a, a tire iron, no it doesn't noise. make any noise. It doesn't. It, that doesn't give you a gauge as to whether it's hollow or not. So it was absorbing, probably, all noise. I mean, there would have... Maybe just sucking it up. Maybe it radiated into the ground. I have no idea. That's not my area of expertise. All I know is what I, what I could see with my own eyes. And hopefully, uh, by the end of tonight, maybe somebody will have some... Answer. Yes. What, what did the locals believe about this hole well well i mean you literally just got back from nevada what tonight or yesterday oh, no, or this, this last, week, last I, week i got home the night that you did the show uh as the repeat that, that's right you told me okay and, and uh, so it was it was one of those uh you know it's probably richard hoagland say one of those synchronous moments there where ooh, you know i mean i'm talking to this guy and he's talking to talking to mel waters you uh -huh, know and, yes. and, and, and the truck and he and, and then i hear myself and, and, and it's like hey I mean, so it was, it was just too much, and so I had, to, I had to get in touch with you. Okay, well, again, what did these uh, locals, what was the lore uh, that they told you about the hole? What did well, they well, again, well, one, of, one, of, one of the old, older Basque uh, men that I talked to, and this, this was practically as I was heading out of town, uh, told me that was a very, uh, uh, to him, he felt it was a very spiritual place, but he, he knew the, the thing from his youth, that it was there exactly the way it is. And he was in his late 80s, so I'm assuming he's known it for 70 years. So he's known it at least from the 30s. And from what he tells me, it's been there as long as the Basque had been in that, in that part of the country. And that goes well into the 1800s. It has existed like that. Uh, uh, the, to, to be honest, the, the uh, Native Americans that I talked to were aware of it, but they did not want to deal with it uh, uh, they they did not want to oh interact interact with it is that a good word, uh, word. All, all, all they would do is pick some of the, uh, uh, the various plants that I needed that were in the general vicinity of it because I wanted very specific ones that I had recommended and they knew of them all right. Uh, are they now growing some of these plants in the vicinity of this whole? Well, or some where? of those plants are there. They they appear to be uh, indigenous to the area, so uh, they did harvest some, you know, uh, uh, early on in the season. There. So then again, you saw similar vegetation around this hole to the one in Washington. Well, that, that's what that's why I asked them for. Uh, gotcha. You know, if they knew, you know, I described to them what it was, you know, and the shape of the things, and you know, the size of the various. And they said, "Oh yeah, we 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 know of that there." But in terms of why 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 the entree, I assume that the um, the Native Americans knew about this all along there, and I assume that they must have had some conversation with the Basque there that you know, would this be okay? Are you interested in this guy? Blah, whatever. And apparently there was no objection, so I have access to this property. Well, but I want to respect my access, okay? What about an experiment, Mel, similar to the one you did in Washington, uh, lowering some sort of line, or better yet, some sort of camera on the end of a line? Or uh, we 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 didn't we didn't do that uh, between between the Basque and the uh, the Native Americans and me. We we you know we don't have you know too many nickels to rub together. But uh, uh, I will tell you what we 
did do one, one, one of the Basque uh, 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 kind of a wise uh, wise acres. <laughs> he wanted to lower some uh, uh, marijuana into the hole and see if it would improve its uh, smokeability. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you so know, then it would be a pothole, right? Well, I guess, I guess, I guess it, could, it could be. That, that, I hadn't thought of it that way, but uh, uh, he wanted to do that. And one guy wanted to be lowered into the hole himself. Ah, uh, well, now, you see, in the hour preceding your... I heard that. Oh, did you? Uh, two I people who that. would actually like to be lowered into such a hole. Now, I know that you believed... Uh, in the powers of the whole in Washington to the degree that in the original agreement, now voided, I suppose, you were to be, upon your death, uh, buried by being dropped into the hole, right? How I wanted my remains to be dealt with, yes. Now, that apparently is not going to happen because of subsequent uh, events. Oh, I've, I've got another place to go now. Would you really want... Nevada. Yes, would you really want to be... Uh, I suppose when with I'm some, gone, with some ceremony, dropped into the hole. Hey, you know, just uh, give me a decent. I don't know what it is when you put someone in a hole. Is that interned or? Uh, I don't know what you'd call that. I, I don't know either. But one one of these guys wanted to go into, you know, literally, he wanted to be lowered into the hole. Uh, he wanted to, you know, be put in a a gondola or something and lowered, you know, from the winch into the. Uh, the hole and, and go down as far as we had line, which again was 1,500 feet. Um, I can assure you, Mel, uh, we could get sponsors for you who would uh, get you all the line you need. Hey, look, we, we talked them out of going into the hole because we said, look, see what it did to the ice? That's a good point. It says, we, we, we sent a bucket of ice down into this hole and it's sitting up there on the surface burning. I mean, what are you made out of mostly? Water. Water. What's going to happen to to a human being down there? What what properties are uh, going on over there? Uh, yeah, they had, uh, you know, you know. But I mean, I mean the, the Basque are uh, as as a race are fearless. When the Moors invaded Spain, they refused to go into Basque country. Well, okay, a, what did this man say his motivation was for wanting to go into the hole? I mean, obviously... He, 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 he was just a young, headstrong, uh, you know, you know, in, in his probably late 20s, early 30s fellow that wanted to go into it. He said, this is going to be a great adventure. I want to go in here. I want to see what's going on. But he wasn't thinking with his brain. Well, there are obviously a lot of people like that, Mel, because I had two of them in the first hour of the program, and they said they would love to be lowered into such a hole. Oh, and well, this one, if anything, this one sounds more attractive. Well, we well, we, uh, we determined to do, and, and I'm ashamed to admit it, Oh, is that we decided to lower a sheep. Really? To the hole. Really? A living sheep. You did? Into the hole. We, we had uh, a crate, you know, the sheep could fit into that we could attach the cables to. And we're going to take the sheep, stick them, you know, stick them in the crate and then lower them down, you know, to the 1,500-foot level. Because that's all we had. Like the ice. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's all we had, you know. I mean, you know, we, 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 you know we, we had enough line basically to go that far and was stout enough to handle, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, not no sheep guy, but I, you know, I could pick up a sheep, so it must weigh about 120, 150 pounds. 
Yeah. Well, so I guess about the size of a small human, wouldn't you say? I would, what, 150 pounds? You yeah, said? for sheep. Yeah, I would say that's about size. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm no sheep expert, but, you know, if I had to say how much does that sheep look like away, about 150, 125 pounds. Anyway, Are you telling this. me you did this? I'm you, telling you that we, uh, well, you, first. All right, all right, I'll tell you what, don't oh. say a word. Uh, good place to hang everybody up. Be sure they're here next hour. Did he really lower a sheep 1,500 feet into the endless hole? Anyway, um, so 
you decided that you would lower a sheep 1,500 feet down as low as the ice had gone into the hole. Well, we, we, had, uh, we had decided that we were going to take the sheep and put them in a crate and lower them into the hole. We let the sheep to the hole, and it just started freaking out. I mean, you know, we didn't make... Like every other animal. Yeah, it, but I mean, it was like totally... Totally. Not happy. It was not happy, and and I, you know, I have a lot of respect for animals, and and um, it, it's a, it's amazing what animals uh, really know um, and what they sense. Well, you're right about that. And so, if it was uh, terrified, of... it was terrified. So the uh, the bass got the sheep uh, away from the hole, and, and and again, a lot of what I'm going to say now, uh, I am uh, thoroughly ashamed of. Uh, and, and uh, that's all right. Just give us the raw, the raw he, truth. He basically uh, stunned uh, the sheep by knocking it between the eyes. Mm. Got into the crate. Uh, you know, got the uh, uh, cable and line hooked up to it, so you know it was all securely attached. And uh, right, just about when we got to the hole, the the. The sheep just started making horrible noises. So he stunned it, but he didn't kill the sheep, okay? He just knocked it out. Yeah. And so it was live when he went in the box, and then it stirred when it got to the hole. Yeah. Anyway, we it was just making the worst god-awful noises. We were getting it about ready to let it go into the hole. Yeah. And, uh, Even though it had been hit in the head? It stirred by the time uh, we we got it crated up into the crate. There was oh enough room for it to God. lie down, and I guess if it wanted to, it could stand up. I don't know. Oh. I, I, again, this is not this is not pleasant to talk about, but uh, uh, we, we take the sheep, uh, and it's screaming, and just the most piercing, horrible, ghastly noises coming out of this crate. Yeah. Until we get it right over where we're going to let it into the hole, and then everything just stops dead silent. Yeah. There's not a sound coming out of that box. Yeah. There's movement coming out of the box. You could still tell. But no sound. There's no sound anymore. Well, there's no. something about this hole in sound, isn't there? Uh, I, 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 I guess we, we, we will make that assumption. And uh, so we started winching this sheep down into the hole, and. Uh, you can feel from the line as we're lowering it, the thing is struggling, uh, fighting. I don't know if it's screaming down there, but we're not hearing yeah. this thing screaming. And uh, I think we got about halfway down into the hole, and uh, I was about to say 700 feet, and then the, uh, any, any movement that might have been coming from the uh, crate, we couldn't... Uh, couldn't feel it anymore? No. Yeah. No. We couldn't feel anything so i i don't know at 700 feet or so about half the line what what happened over there when we got to uh at, at this point here the, the original experiment with the ice you know we were kind of nonchalant about it you know we just kind of lowered down there well with with this one here we were all gathered around the top of the hole there looking in seeing probably what's going very, on. very apprehensive you know this this is uh you know this this is kind of a serious business here when we hit the bottom, we, we felt uh, up up there. We felt like a vibration on the, count, the on the on the collar, 
at a point in time when it was down there, and it, 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 it's kind of hard to describe. Well, what do you mean when you hit the bottom? When, when we hit the bottom of the rope, the, oh. the, the cable line uh, assembly that we had. It, you mean it, when it was all the way played yeah, out? Yeah, when, when we got there, we felt, and, and it vibrated, or we, it felt like a vibration, and it's sort of like a, a staticky electricity type kind of feeling. Does that, that make sense? Yes. That, that we could feel up there. Yeah. And so we, we got it down to, uh, you know, 1,500 feet, and, and we left it there for about a half an hour. Mm. Uh, and then we decided to, uh, you know, bring it back up. Right, sure. So, we, you know, we're hoisting this thing up here, cranking away, getting this thing up on there, and it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a job. So, uh, you know, we finally get up to the surface, and we... Uh, we got the, the box out of there, and, you know, the one thing we notice is there isn't any movement in the box, okay? No. There's no box. We got the box there. and uh, But the box from the outside looked pretty pretty, uh, pretty normal. You know, it didn't look like some weird transformation had occurred or anything. Right. Well, I wanted to describe to you how, how we're going to tell you about the, the ice that came up that, that didn't melt. Right. What it felt like. You, you get a lot of electronic equipment, and you get those uh, do-not-eat packets. Oh, yes. The, the desiccant. Yes. Ever take the desiccant out of the packet? No, never. Oh. Well, if you take it out there and you feel the desiccant between your fingers, that's kind of what it felt like. That's the best thing I could describe it. I had that sort of... You try it someday. And All you'll, right. You'll, uh, yeah, I've uh, always just thrown those away. Oh, well, you don't eat them, obviously. No, no, no. Okay, so we... I, 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 I just struck me there that you know I'm trying to you know trying to describe this thing in the detail that I can, and so I, I just led back to the uh, the desiccant. Uh, but we open up the crate, and the sheep is dead. It looks like a sheep. Okay, it looks like a normal sheep over right. there. And uh, and it's dead. It's dead. There, there's no there's no sign of life. You know, you poke at it. There's nothing uh, nothing going on with this this sheep here. He's dead. Uh, well, I'm saying here, but that's a generic he. And I don't, I don't know from sheep, okay? <laughs> you show me a sheep, I can't tell what it is. Gotcha. Uh, me either. Okay. Uh, but uh, we take it out of the box, and the one of the basque lays it on the table that we have over there, and he is going to dissect the sheep. Oh. Now, on, on the outside, the sheep looked just fine. You know, it, the, the hair, you know, that the wool, whatever a sheep has, looks fine. Look, look, look like... We said that the sheep looked like how he looked when we sent him into the hole. Minus a bump on the head, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and he stirred from that. But he started cutting into the sheep, mm -hmm. and it looked like the sheep had been cooked. It was... The, cooked. the flesh was hot underneath, you know, when he started cutting cutting through the sheep here. It looked like the sheep had been cooked. Oh, my. Now, now, now these Basque guys, they're, they're pretty good at butchering a sheep there, and they know their way around a sheep, and so they uh, pretty much uh, can butcher, a, and, and they know what to expect when you open up a sheep. Right. You know, so, you know, we've we, we got the sheep on this uh, uh, table that we, you know, just eat that, and, uh, uh, you know, this guy's cutting the sheep open here, and uh, uh, he, he gets it so he's, he can look inside and see the internal organs like he's going to eviscerate the sheep. Right. Except they're not what we expected. What do you mean? It looks like there was gel in the, the cavity there. And something that looked like this huge tumor. 
and uh. almost taking up the entire length of the uh, the body cavity. Oh, Mel. I mean, it was it's pretty hideous. Oh, God. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting kind of sick. Of, I, I get kind of sick thinking about this thing too. But I was getting kind of sick when I was there, so I was kind of, I wasn't as close to all of this as I wanted, you know, would want to be if I was a scientific observer. But there's this huge tumor taking up most of the where the internal organs would be, that the, uh, so forth, uh, the heart, the lungs, whatever parts the sheep comes with. They weren't there. And what are these bath guys who are doing this saying at this point? Well, well, well they're, they, you know, some of them are muttering plenty of expletives over here, uh-huh. and uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're freaked out there. And uh, I, you know, I remember saying, hey, "See, I told you, you didn't want to go into that hole." You know, I yeah, mean, that's right. And, I mean, and the two guys who volunteered my first hour are probably rethinking it right now too. And, and, well, if they want to collect on some uh, life insurance, fine, go for it. But, that's uh, what one of them said. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we we got we got this gel, and and a uh, guy's guy's good with a knife here, and he kind of is able to get the tumor out of this thing here. Yeah. And I say it's about as big as the sheep's cavity. I don't know, two feet. Long. In other words, the, the, the tumor was almost taking like up the, the entire inside of yeah. the... Oh, okay, so you got this tumor, and, and, and we could detect, we could see that the tumor had some movement to it. What? Yes, it had movement to it, and I, I don't mind, I'm going to describe it like a heart beating. Oh. There's not a beating of a heart, oh. just like a pulsing from this tumor. A pulsing tumor. Oh, my God, Mel. So we, we get to the point where we got this tumor out there, and, uh, you know, we got, he's working on, on trying to cut it open. It's like really a tough uh, uh, thing to cut into. But he was finally able to get into it. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I'm going to tell you here. He opens it up there, and inside this tumor is what it appeared to be a fetal seal. Like, you know, like... A fetal a, a what? Seal, like a a, 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 a pinniped, a, a, a thing that lives in the ocean that yes. balances balls on his nose. Yes. It's about 18 inches long. You know, it's got the flippers on it. And it looks like a little seal. Huh. You know, it looks just like your, your, basically your little seal. Except it had... What and, and I don't know. I don't want people to freak out, but it had what looked to me like human eyes. Ah, uh, like like you know a human being. You know, yeah. I mean, you know what like cat eyes look like. Oh yeah. You know what dog eyes look like. Oh yeah. I don't know what seal eyes look like, but I know what human eyes look like. Sure you do. And this thing looks like it had human eyes, and the thing was alive, but it was connected to the tumor, like with this umbilical cord. Holy mackerel, Mel. And we could see the seal moving his eyes, and it was, and I'm calling it a seal, okay, but I have no idea what the heck this thing is, okay? I'm calling it a seal. But it's, it's opening his eyes, it's closing his eyes, the flippers are moving, it's still in connected to its tumor there. Uh. And then we noticed, and I noticed, that it seemed to be studying us. It seemed to be looking at us. That that was the feeling I got. It seemed to be regarding us while while we were looking at it. And so that's the feeling I got off of the seal. And then 
this thing separated from the tumor without our assistance. We were thought, well, maybe we will cut this thing free. Right there on the table. It uh, right there, and it moved about a little on the table. Yeah. You know, so we're 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 all standing back at that point because this thing is loose. You know, I'd be way back. And uh, and you know, we're watching this seal, and again. It, it, that's the only way I could describe it because it looked like a seal to me. She went on. And, and then I felt, uh, uh, well, I just felt I was in the, the presence of something extraordinary, something beyond extraordinary, something like, I, I don't know. It, 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 I'm not a religious man, but I felt in that category of having a religious thing there. This was just such a stunning thing to witness. Well, something that far from our understanding would appear uh, to be magic or religion or whatever you want to call it, I'm sure. Yeah, so what did the, what God's name happen to this thing? Well, we, we, we left it there, and it began to, you know, it just kind of looked at us there, and, uh, you know, uh, one of the Basques suggested we kill it, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just kind of club it, and unfortunately, and... Uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, Is that what they did? No, basically cooler heads prevailed. The thing was moving around on a table, and it finally moved to the edge of the table. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like struggling, but it got to the edge of the table. Yeah. And it looked like it was going to fall off. Right. So I go up, I go up to it at this point, because I'm just like out of my head with, I don't know what I'm in the, in the presence of. And it looked directly at me when I got up to it, and it seemed, you know, it just seemed to have a contact with me. And I got this compelling feeling to pick it up and place it on the ground. And I did that. I took this thing and I put it on the ground by a table. Yeah. And my hands were slimy from this, the seal because it had like this goo that was not only in the cavity but also inside the tumor. And I'm just calling it a tumor because I have no vocabulary for this. Right. And I just moved my hands past, past my face before I decided to wipe them off on, on the rag at the table there. Right. And it smelled like ozone. Like ozone? Smells like ozone. Of course I do, yes. That's what it smelled like when, when I... Because I thought it would be some like sort of weird, organic-y smell. Yeah. You know, some sort of like disgusting... Or, you know, I... I I just thought it would smell disgusting. It smelled like ozone. Okay. So this thing is lying on, on the ground, and we're all looking at this thing here, and it's like looking at each of us in turn. In other words, intelligently. Yes. Yes. <sighs> we, we, we must have been there just absolutely transfixed by this, I'll call it a creature now, for like two hours. Just... We and were, what was it doing during those two hours? I mean, it, it studied each one of us. It wasn't moving around that much. Just its head, because we had gathered, a, 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 oh, this is cowardly, but a safe distance away from it, but not too safe, you know. So, so we we could easily see it, and they could easily see us. Because at this point here, even the bravest bass were like, you know, kind of freaked out. <laughs> I I'd have been long gone, Mel. Well. Uh, I, again, the Basque are great. All right, well, hold, have no fear. hold it, hold it right oh. there, Mel. Uh, here's this thing on the ground now. Not moving around much, but carefully studying each and every one of them who have by now retreated to a safe distance. That's where we'll pick up when we get back. I'm Art Bell.
of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nye. Well, I knew that Mel had found another hole, but I didn't know anything about all of this. This is incredible. <laughs> Pretty freaky stuff. A number of questions from Mel. We'll try and get to the phones in this last half hour. Everybody stay right where you are. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. Again, Mel Waters. So here's this thing staring at each and every one of you, examining you, obviously intelligent in some way. And it looks like a seal, not like a lamb, a sheep at all. Um, Nothing like a sheep. Yeah. Uh, so for, that came out of this godforsaken tumor that was in this thing. Um, what did you, what What happened? Well, you know, we, we got, I got this. This, the seal, and he's, you know, he's kind of grinding, waddles around a little bit in the direction of the hole, and then he's just sort of watching us some more, and we're sort of kind of at a safe distance, but we, we kind of encroach upon a little bit there, and I'm telling I'm telling the Basque, hey, you're the big, brave Basque here, you know, don't be afraid of this thing here, I'm just, you know, you know, just an ordinary old guy here, just, uh, so, you know, we, we, we did, we, we went up to it there, and it just looked at us here, and, and the look that it was giving us was... The only way I can describe it, it was like the most compassionate look that I'd ever seen from from any face. Mm-hmm. It just the the way the eyes were looking and and feeling this, and and so some amount of time elapsed, and and the the the, the little, little seal there starts to waddle again towards the hole, and I get this feeling that it wants to. Go up on 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 the ledge on the on the the collar. Right. So I pick it up in my hands and I set it right right there on there, and it, it moves around a little bit. And then we're at this point we're pretty comfortable with this thing. I am, and, and my, my my comrades there are, are pretty pretty comfortable with it. I mean we're not like freaked out anymore like we were, and, and maybe it's just you know the, we're over the shock or maybe we are in shock. But that look that was giving us, it didn't didn't seem like an evil thing or a horrible thing. It seemed like I'm sure you were in some state of shock. Yeah. So it, it's it's up there, and then it moves around. I don't know how. Maybe an hour. He's on. Uh, he it is on, on the ledge. The collar. It yeah. looks at us. It actually nodded at us. It, it made like a slow nod. And he turned around and went back into the hole. At this point, we were close to it, so we watched him go all the way down as far as we could see. We didn't have high-powered lights or anything, so it, it no, no sound, nothing like that. It just it, into the hole, and that was it. it. Into the hole, and so it, it, we, we were all just just moved, just just drained. I, I'm drained telling you this, Art, because it, it is such a uh, an enormous 
thing to go through. You realize it, it's, it sounds like an unbelievable uh, tale from Alien or something. I mean, it, it sounds... Well, I, I don't know what it sounds like. You know, my... my, my, my uh, all I can do now is to, to relay it, yep. and then and then and then try to stand back from it. All right, question for you, Mel. Uh, does anybody have any photographs of this hole? We we I I went up there from the natives to the hole. I basically camped at that property. Right. I didn't come and go. No one came and go. We had what we had over there. Uh, and so we we didn't bring photographs. I per, personally I I didn't want to you know I you know I thought thought to myself look this would be great we get this all on 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 film on on video whatever right, right. but I I did not want to encroach upon what they had you know and and if they came to me and said uh, look 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 Mel why don't we go go to town go home get our stuff you know and, and try to video you know fine I would I would have said that but I was not going to broach the subject with them you know I mean I I, I did you know I, I I mean to me it was an enormous privilege to go where I'd gone at that Understood. point are you likely to go back to the hole yes you're yeah. going to I will I uh, uh, I I will let you know that we we, at first, we we decided we thought we would bury the, the sheep's carcass and 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 the uh, uh, the tumor. Yeah. We still had that, and we and we we decided it was just best to take the whole thing and put them in, put everything back into the hole where it all came from. Yeah. So I just you know we just let it let it be. We had a, a tarp on the uh, we just dumped the hole everything back into the hole where it came from. I, I didn't know what else to do. We, we, again, we thought about burying it, and it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't seem right that I, I thought it would, and so that's what we did. Uh, I, want, I want to tell you something that is, is I believe, related to, to this experience. All right. And that is prior to going to Nevada, this was in late August. I was diagnosed with a particularly lethal form of esophageal cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. This was a six, you know, like the kind that does he have six months to live? But you know, they, they're just telling you that, uh, you know, that there's, you know, like not nothing they can do about it. But it was very fast, fast, fast growing. And one of the reasons I came back. Here was to see the same doctor because I started feeling a lot better. And my last examination with the doctor finds me cancer-free. I can't explain it. Then you could document this, right? Because he had the, yes, yes, he because they had whatever stuff diagnosing uh, 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 the cancer, and I went back to the doctor, and they could find no evidence of any cancer. Is it your feeling that your uh, uh, proximity to the hole um, or something about the hole changed this? I think it was I think it was the seal. The seal? I think it was the seal. The seal? I, I, I describe this thing as this huge tumor. And that's what I had. But I described it as a tumor because that was the only vocabulary I had to describe it with. 
Gotcha. And I handled this. this well, that's right, you did. And 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 I smelled the ozone fr- from it, and and it just the look that it gave me. I, there was something going on. I didn't. I, I and I can't say. Look, I was communing with the seal, and I was, you know, had this conversation with the seal. No, I, I can't say that. But what I can say is that I had this feeling of such incredible compassion from the seal that 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 ultimately went back into the uh, the hole. We we just said, you know, that that was it. And what was the conversation like after all this was over, Mel? Uh, between the Basques and the Native Americans and yourself. And okay. Well, well. First of all, the Basques that I were with, they they were they were young guys. Okay. And uh, you, you know, I, I think before this kind of your kind of shipless sort of characters, you know, partiers and and mm-hmm. all of that, and they were like just profoundly moved. I mean, they were just uh, had had stuff going on in their mind after that that. You know, they had been to another place, another time, another every, anything. Their, their reality had been all changed. Now, I had the opportunity before I left Nevada to speak uh, right before I left. You know, I went went back in, in to civilization and spoke with a Basque elder. Yes. And this 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 was the elderly fellow that I was referring to that told me some of the history. Of that, that he was in there, you know, for, uh, you know, he remembered it from being a young man and he described it to me and all of this stuff here. And, uh, we, we had, uh, just an, because his, his thing was he, he himself would go there to that area for spiritual connection. That there was something very spiritual, very primal that was going on. He, he was a tough guy to, to talk to in some ways because he was more schooled in Basque than he was in English. But he got English out, out enough for me to uh, understand. And so we, 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 we talked actually at great length uh, about uh, the meaning of this. Um, we did have some of the uh, 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 the Native American people that I was uh, work with at that particular thing. This was kind of like a party sort of atmosphere. Out there, you know, we were drinking what they like to drink, and you know, and eating a good Basque food and all of that, and every, it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good experience there to kind of uh, decompress from all of this. And so, uh, uh, but he could not relate to me any experience like what we had, except he knew he, he almost expected what it was that I was telling him. You know, he, I mean, he just totally, firmly, completely believed what it was that I was telling him. And he, it, there was no surprise to him at all in, in this thing here. So I got this, like, you know, really old bass guy there, and he's he's just taking all this in stride and nodding and, you know. Yeah. So he knows there's some, something enor- enormous, uh, of, of great enormity there, and uh, my my goal is to to go back. I'm, I'm, I have agreed... Uh, to work with the people I was working with, with with the with the herbs, and 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 uh, uh, live amongst them, and spend some time with uh, the, the tribal members, and, uh, and and some time with the Basque, and 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 spend it. And are you going to do anything else with the whole itself? With with the one in Nevada? Yes. Well, 
I'm at this point. I don't know what we're going to. You know, I come back. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm overjoyed that I'm cancer free. Uh, I felt, I felt so good after that experience that I knew something happened to my body. So I uh, was glad to get back and and have it confirmed that the doctor said yes. Uh, but I, I do plan to go back. I do plan to study it. I, I, I hope to be a better human being uh, about this and not send innocent animals into it or, or, or what have you. I, that, that to me, I guess I, I, I still can't uh, believe that I allowed that to happen, but uh, I did, you know. And, and uh... Well, I appreciate your telling the story straight out this way. Uh, that's the only way to do it. That's the, the only way to do it. And, 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 and you, you know, I've got to tell you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not selling a book. Obviously, I, I I I don't have a newsletter. Right. There are no Mel's Hole T-shirts. Mel's Hole. Not that you uh, produced anyway. I think. Uh, it well, nothing that I have done. There are no Mel's Hole diaper pails or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to me, <laughs> Mel's Hole diaper pail. Who thought that one up? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, they will commercialize everything in the world, and, yeah, and I have no part of this. This has been it's just an extraordinary ride for me okay it's been like nothing i could have ever imagined in anyone's life to go where i've been to be where i was to go up to go down to be in the presence of such a an amazing thing and 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 my my only goal is to leave a permanent record of what happened well how closely are you willing to identify the location of this new hole? Well, just northern Nevada is that? As I, I'm going I'm to put it there. I don't want. I don't want. Uh, uh, I, I don't want the uh, the the, peop, the tribal people up there to be overwhelmed by people, you know, rushing out of Reno to get up there and right, uh, right, which uh, they would uh, and, and, and do on all of that. Uh, I am. I am going to go back. Do you think you could politely? Approach the Basque uh, and, uh, without identifying the specific area, get photographs. I, I, if I feel comfortable, I will. I will do that. I would. I will also at this point, and and I just have a little bit of what I have that happened in my Nevada experience left. But I, I know we're running out of time. Is that anyone that can help me? understand some of these things if they can send an email to me i'd appreciate it all right uh you have an email address right yeah it's uh, mel waters right at a t t b i that's like all igloo b i a t t b i dot com that's mel waters at a t t that's tom tom right. b as in boy i as in india attbi.com, right? Right, and Melwaters at attbi.com. What is it you want? I cannot promise, you know, like a whole, you know, like to maintain a dialogue with people, but... Well, what do you want? There are other people out there that have had any type of understanding of this that can make some sense to me, that knows what's going on. I'm going to listen with fascination to your program on the... uh, uh, the hollow earth business? Yes. Because that's something I don't know about, but I sure like to know. Well, there may be a relationship, obviously. Oh, and, and so that, that, 
that, that I'm going to look at. But, I mean, what do you want in email? Do you want some support? Do you oh, want, oh, yeah. You're going to get media contacts? Well, gonna... I, what, what I really want is just the people that have good, serious opinions about this, uh, that 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 have that that understand some of this. That I, I described a lot of things that occurred. I don't understand any of them. I only described them. You know, I mean, going back to what I started with talking about Ellensburg and bringing it up to today. Yeah, I um, well, so, I get it. I'll so, put so it out. You want somebody who might understand right. all of this, and and that 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 you know may have been studying these types of matters that have had theories, whatever. That's good. But I'm going to be away from civilization for a good part of time, so it's going to be difficult because I'm going to be going back probably mid-March, mid-February, mid-March, somewhere in that timeline, and then I'm going to go up there for a period of time. I'll probably give you uh, uh, another contact when I get back to some sort of civilization, probably from Nevada, but I probably will get in touch with you again. Okay. Uh, by all means, Mel, please. Try and see if they will allow you, I mean, without identifying the area, just to get some kind of... You just of, want like a photo? Some kind of photographic evidence, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to be afraid that people are going to be scouring that terror server now that I get that out there. Well, they probably will. Uh, I, I want to I I, I bring the, the final thing, because we were talking about the, uh, uh, the, the, the Basque elder that I was talking to, and it was a very profound experience for me to talk with him. And uh, though he was not that much older than me, I felt that he was a great deal older than me. Wiser. Beyond beyond that. So I know uh, I can respect that. But we were sitting, you know, there and talking well into the night, drinking that good Basque uh, drink that they like to drink and all that good stuff. Yes. And he got tired and he was going to retire for the night. And he took my hand, you know, to, to clasp it. And in my hand, he put something in my hand when we were leave, when he was leaving. Yes. And he closed my hand. Yes. He, he just told me, put that away. So he said, put that away. So I just, I, you know, put it in my pocket and sat around talking with his family. And uh, someone said, aren't you going to look at what, you know, the great-grandfather great gave you? Uh-huh. And I said, oh, okay. And so I take, take it out of my pocket, and it's a 1943 Roosevelt dime. They told me he had found a similar packet of Roosevelt dimes. Oh, my God. Up there in Nevada, Chinese red envelope. And they said, and I said to him, I said, you know how valuable this thing is? I said, you know what this would sell at a coin auction? They said, no, you have to have it. You need to have this. Do you have it now? I have it. It's in my hand as we speak. How about a photograph of that, Mel? If I can scan a 1943 dime, yeah. you will have it. Uh, or you got somebody who's got a really yeah. good quality uh, digital camera, go to the macro uh, setting and take a very close photograph close of it. Close up. But can you do that? I will do everything I can to do that. I, you, know I my, you know my email address, right? Uh, yes, we, we, we can do that. And uh, But that's what he left me with. And he said to me that it was very, very, very important. Or they told me because they re finished the rest of it. 
told me this is something I had to have. Now, I hadn't told them anything. In fact, outside the fellow in Ellensburg, no one else knew about the, the dimes and, and the, the red envelope. But he found one out there, and he had it for years. I think he had it since the 40s, to be honest with you, late 1943. Mel, all I can tell you is we are out of time. This was oh. one hell of a story. I, I'm I'm drenched. Uh, you know, I can tell. I can hear it in your voice. Uh, Mel, thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for catching us up on what was and what is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, take care, my friend, and I really mean take care. I will. Good night. Good night, Art. desert. I have no further comment. I'm Art Bell. Ta-ta. Continuing the story of Mel and Mel's Hole from just last Friday, December 20th, here is Art and Mel Waters on the best of Coast to Coast AM. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, good evening. The moon out there is full, the night's still and cold, and it's going to be a very interesting program, and so I suggest you strap in, turn up the radio, and get ready. Coming up in a moment, a surprise visit from Mel Waters. That would be Mel of Mel's Hole fame. A lot of people said he was dead. Recently, I've had some communication from people who thought he was dead. Well, he's not dead. He's here tonight, and he's going to fill you in on, you know, kind of what's happened since. Coming right up. Here from an undisclosed location, unless he wishes to disclose it, is Mel Waters. Mel, welcome to the program. Well, hello there, Art Bell. Welcome, I am... welcome back to the program. Is more like it. Well, well, thank you. All I'll say is I'm in my nephew's apartment. Okay. <laughs> That'll do. Okay. All right, uh, Mel, what we need is a, an update, if you have one, to Washington. An update, of course, on the whole here in my state, Nevada. Right. Okay. Uh, for, first of all, I'm not dead. That's a good thing, Mel. And uh, I did have a, a, a very, very, very close brush with death back uh, around Memorial Day. Maybe that's where people got but it. But I am uh, doing well, and I'm not yet ready to eat the big green wiener yet. <laughs> all so, right. uh, anyway, yes, I, uh, I, I do want to bring people uh, up to date uh, and uh, let them know how things are going. All right, good. Where to begin? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, talk to you about uh, kind of where we left off in Nevada. All right. I think that would be, is it Nevada or Nevada? Uh, well, I, I say Nevada. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I wonder about that sometimes. It, just try either one. We'll answer okay. to it. Whatever. Anyway, the uh, one in your state here, yes. uh, I told you that uh, we had lowered a bucket of ice into the hole there in, in your state. and that you, uh, you don't want to tell us any more about where the hole is, do you? I, I think that might end up coming out here, or I think people will be able to discern uh, where it is in your state. Right. I, I think I think a lot of people have, have got a very good idea. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, that the, the location where the hole is at has been under helicopter surveillance. Almost, not, not, I, mean, I don't mean constantly, like 24 hours a day. Yeah. But there have been flyovers of that area. Um, Frequently? Like weekly, frequently, yeah. uh, 
and and but there's been no contact with the 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 the, uh, the Basques that are there that are encamped around there. That's pretty odd, considering the military cordon that was thrown around the hole in Washington. Well, well yeah, that 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 is, and and uh, I've yet to discern how they were able to mobilize so quickly on that. I, that's still a great. Nevertheless, you you said you you were reminding us a, a bucket of ice. Yeah, uh, but uh, one one thing that you when I said there have had flyovers of the hole there in 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 your state, uh, I I was told something very interesting, and and that is that from certain approaches to where the area that they're in, yeah, you can see the encampment of people. You could see the Basque if you're standing there, say on the hillside, but you cannot. See the flange around the hole. I told you that in, with this hole, there was like a metal collar, That's right. a flange around. You cannot see that from a certain distance. You can see everything else. And the flange is huge. It's a very large metallic structure, you know, that, that provides like a collar for this thing. Mel, your opinion? Yeah. Does this hole go down somewhere near the center of the Earth? I mean, how how far? I, I, well, of course, you know, people know what my experience with it was lowering all that fishing line into it, and I have, I'm absolutely certain that I got 50, uh, 80,000 feet of line into it, which is, I don't know, 15 miles or so of line. It's, uh, I mean, that's a crazy thing to do, but I did. I'm just one of those people that are determined to get to the bottom of things. Only you never did get to the bottom of No, level. no, no, I mean, that, I, that's where, that, that's where, that's, when I was at that level, that was my first contact with you. That you know, when I reached that point there, that's when I said, "I better reveal what I'm doing to the audience to find out what am I dealing with." Yeah. You know, and so this whole thing started. Well, let me tell you about uh, what had occurred. You know, we lowered that bucket of ice, we pulled it up there. We had a bucket of ice up there at the surface. That bucket of ice at the surface had melted completely. We brought up the bucket of ice from a depth of I believe it was a thousand feet. Uh -huh. we, we lowered it down a thousand feet. We brought it up. The ice was unmelted. So we stuck it on the uh, campfire there to, in the metal bucket to see if we could melt it. Well, the thing caught fire, as, as, as I, I said. The ice caught ice fire. ice caught fire. was burning. And it, it was a kind of a strange uh, fire, uh, but it, it generated heat. I don't know. I, I, I still, to this, well, I might be getting ahead of myself, but it must have been some sort of chemical reaction. Somehow the water was changed. Yeah. Uh, we I, actually touched. Touched the ice, you know, and it felt uh, uh, like ice, but not cold. And when we came, that, that's when we took it, you know, before we, we we set it on fire. Like ice, like ice, but not cold. Right. I mean, it wasn't cold. And so, was what what was going on here? So we, you know, we lowered it, we put it in, in the bucket. Well, I, I told you that the, it caught fire, and they uh, one, eventually one of these bass fellows took the bucket of ice, set it in the back of his pickup truck, drove off, and took it home, and stuck it inside of his wood stove. Uh, it, um, had the ice been put out? <laughs> no, Weird no, no. It was just kind of, you know. Well, I mean, he had it in his vehicle, wasn't he? He just it? had it in the back of his pickup truck. You're trying to tell me it was burning while it was in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he wanted to take it home and put it in his wood stove and see if it would keep him warm. <laughs> well, so he did that. Yeah, well, the Basque are kind of crazy people. I don't. Are, are you uh, in any way familiar with the Basque in general or specific or just kind of heard of them? Mm -hmm. Well, no, of course I've heard of them, but I mean, no. Not they, they are very, the Basque are very well known in your state. In fact, the uh, university up there of Nevada at uh, Reno has a huge section on the Basque. Uh, I, mean, well, I bet, yeah. Well, yeah. so uh, he took it home. Uh, it's took, not that weird. I mean, it was burning. Yeah. And he, now, and he, ice burning is weird. Yes, yes. And he just... He, 
took this home and set it in his wood stove, and it kept him toasty warm throughout the winter. Throughout the winter? Throughout the winter. and for, for You're telling me there's one piece of ice. Well, it was, it was we, we, what we did is in this bucket, metal bucket, we stuck in a bag of like 7-Eleven ice, you know, the kind that you buy at the, the yeah. store, you know, sure, sure, sure. ice cubes. Yes. That's what it was. That's what we put in there. Nothing else. Just the metal bucket lowered down <laughs> into this hole. We get it, and we stick it on a fire, and it's burning. Okay, so anyway, this, this goes on for quite some time, and, uh, uh, and you know, he sets it in his witch stove, keeps them warm, and, and I imagine that uh, today it'd still be burning or is burning. I have no... You, you had, the last you heard, it was still going? Well, you know, we're, we're going to go to uh, probably what Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story here, because this is what I've been told. All right. He says, you know, when you have a wood stove... Uh, and you're burning wood, uh, you generally will put a kettle on top of that wood stove. Yeah. And, you know, to make have hot water for coffee and to humidify the air. Sure, whatever. You know, it dries out the air terribly. Well, this Basque fellow, he just did just that there, and he noticed there that the air was, like, really, really dry. He was always thirsty, and his skin was, like, flaking. I mean, this was like, I don't know, he must have been living in humidity low, lower than what you face out there in the desert, you know. And so, uh, um you know, he's got this kettle up on top there, you know, trying to humidify the air. And one night, night he notices that, uh, I don't know, it might have been the angle of the light or just whatever it was, but the steam from the kettle looked like it was being absorbed into the stove. And we're not mm-hmm. saying, like, through the vents or, you know, through the door or whatever. Wait a minute. The steam from the kettle, yep. which would have been going up, would be... It was would be coming on. would be coming back down and then absorbed by the stove. Yeah, right? it, would, it was like dispersing and then coming around and, and just like ling, I guess the word to describe it is lingering around, but it looked like it was being absorbed by the stove. That's the uh, I think that's the best picture I can. That, now that's of. weird. That is strange. Of course, this is already really weird. We've got ice that's burning eternally so far, and. And then, and that's, uh, I can picture it. Okay, so I mean, I, I want to be able to, because th- this is what I've been told, but I have absolute belief in, you know, the person that told me this, and, and, and uh, you know, th- this goes on. Anyway, you know, the stove is out there, and it's producing heat, and this guy is real happy, and even though he's, like, real thirsty and really dry, uh-huh. you know. And then one day, the uh, this guy comes home, you know, he goes out and does his thing, and uh, comes home, and he notices that the uh, stove had crashed through the hearth and through the floorboards of his cabin. What? It just, like, went right down. Um, it just broke. I mean, you know, it was kind of a flimsy cabin, you know, but it was able to support the weight of his wood stove and his... Uh, uh, so now the stove with his eternally burning ice is now through the floor. It's, it's, in, it's, in, it's in the ground. It's actually in on, like, the dirt. Maybe it... it oh, fell like about a foot into the ground at that point. I wonder if this thing is going back from whence it came. Well, uh, that's that's what I want to know, and we're going to continue along uh, with this here. But anyway, the stove is sitting down there. Now, this guy, you know, sometimes I wonder about these guys, but, they, you know, he's, he's not too bright. So what he does is uh, he patches up the, uh, the, the stove pipe. Yeah. And so it connects to, the, you know, the, the chimney where, you know, the flue, uh, all that stuff there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he's kind of living in this cabin with this, uh, you know, stove. You mean he's stove. still using the stove? Yeah, yeah, you mean yeah. he just extended the pipe? He, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he did. You know, he just kind of lowered it down there. And, and as far as I could tell, though, it doesn't give off any gas or any uh, um, uh, smoke, no smoke or anything. He made no attempts to bring it back up to fix the floor and do it right, huh? No. No, he didn't. Uh, 
you know, he continues to live with it, you know, and, and basically uh, about, I don't know, a week, maybe two weeks later, he comes home, and the entire cabin has collapsed. What? Around the, the whole thing. The whole thing. It, everything has collapsed around it. In fact, all there is around the side of the cabin is piles of wood dust. Wood dust. Wood dust. Wood dust. So there in other like, words, his cabin disintegrated. It, it basically looked like all of the moisture that was in the wood had been sucked out of it completely to the point that it could no longer exist as wood. Wow. Now this is this is this is pretty interesting because so far it's pretty consistent. Uh, uh, that's for sure. This thing uh, reabsorbed its own moisture. It absor absorbed so much moisture. This man had terrible skin trouble. Still, he kept it going, and now he absorbed it absorbed all. I get it. All the moisture out of the wood. He had wood furniture in there. You know, his bed and a chair or whatever. Yep. Wood dust. You know, you could see the different colors of wood dust. And at that point, he abandons the camp and gets the heck out of there. Understood. He says, hey, enough is enough. So he moves in with one of his brothers. Yes. And they were over there, and about a month later, he goes back to the cabin to show it to his brothers, and they find that the stove had sunk to, like, five feet into the ground. This thing's on its way. It's, it's five feet into the ground, and it is still going. generating heat. And still going. And, uh, you know, at that point, all the dust had blown away, and, you know, you got a few nails around there. And what you have is a rectangular hole, uh, just a little bit bigger than a stove. So can you imagine a, you know, a, a rectangular wood stove sinking into the ground, leaving its imprint? And there's a little bit of room around it, but not a lot. And, uh -huh. he, and he described that the, uh, the hole that it made was also, like, really, 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 really smooth all around it. You, you, you think of a hole in dirt. Like it's burning its way through. Like, like it's maybe like it's, it's melted into some sort of glassy type. Maybe it's doing the same thing and it's taking away all the moisture in the soil below it as it goes. This this is the point where uh, the Basque fellow contacts me. Okay. And they have a way of getting a hold of me. And uh, I say something that I probably shouldn't say on the air, but uh, anyway... Uh, uh, we, 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 Something you know, like holy smokes. Well, yeah, that that would be it. Uh -huh. <laughs> holy smokes. Um, and um, uh, then I did something which I thought I would never do, what? and and that is I contacted uh, one of the people that were my contacts when I was in Australia. Okay. Okay. I had a number and I described the situation to this guy here, and he pretty much said the same thing that I said. Holy smoke. <laughs> And he tells me it's like really important that I tell him where the cabin was, of course, and how to how to get to it. Well, I mean, after all, Mel, this is before it disappears from sight into a creation of a new hole. This is uh, something that could be immediately researched. Well, so I talked to the Basque, and, and and all the land that I'm talking about is on public land. You know, so the cabin, you know, the guy's like a squatter out there, you know, out in the, uh, yeah. on, out in the boondocks. He's got a shack that, you know, if it burned down, he wouldn't care about it. He'd just put up another one, you know, a couple of feet, feet away. Gotcha. But he decides, okay, well, there's, there's no way to really trace me, you know, two years, so I'm not going to get any trouble. So uh, we say, okay, uh, we, we, you know, I get back with this guy here. This is exactly where to find it, you know, tell him how to get there. And so at that point... Uh, there's a team dispatched to the site of the former cabin. A team? 
a team of people show up there. Way to go. And now this guy, this fast fellow there, he's got a nice vantage point. He knows all the land around there. He knows where he can sit out there and squat and look around. So he's got a pretty good view of uh, where his cabin used to be. So he's out there, you know, watching what's going on. Yes. Now, he said he wasn't sure if they were military guys or what kind of guys they were. I, I would imagine that some of them had to be scientists. Um, of, of some of some sort, and uh, you know they're out there for a while. And shortly after that, there's like a bunch of heavy duty construction equipment, cranes, and things that are brought out there. Here we go. Yeah, and then uh, uh, and th and th this is like you know big big stuff. You know, super super big stuff. But, you know, he's up there and he's watching this, and the people down there at the cabin are really, like, struggling to get this stove out of the uh, ground. Yeah. And at that point, I assume that it sunk even deeper than it, uh, you know, than it was. And that last time, he said it was about, like, five feet deep. So this, this thing was pretty pretty deep out there. They keep on bringing it in heavier and heavier and heavier equipment, bigger cranes. They bring in multiple cranes. They're still, I guess, not able to get a purchase on this thing to lift it out. Hey, Mel, I wonder if this is the way the holes got made in the first place. I, again, I do, do not know what, you know, what the, the mechanism here is. Because so far, what you've described sounds like it's it, making it, a new it, hole. It, it, you know, well, from, from that standpoint, it sure, it sure as heck does. And, um, um, I mean, you know, obviously this thing is sinking deeper and deeper into the ground, and they are, you know, it's like uh, a total, uh, you know, they're, they're totally baffled with how to get this thing out here. I assume that when they're trying to bring it up there, that they're breaking off pieces of the stove because, you know, it's made out of cast iron or whatever and must be busting up there, that the thing sure. is really heavy. Well, eventually what they do is they drop some chains into the, to the ground, and then they pour some water in there into huh. To the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I don't know if this is what happened, but this is what I assumed happened. Is somehow the water and the chains and the metal all congealed together, you know, kind of like held fast like glue to the to the structure and everything that was in the hole. Yeah. So eventually they were able to get this thing out of the ground and hoist it up and they were using more than one crane at this point. Now, I don't know a lot about cranes, but usually they could pick up a lot of stuff. They had several cranes working on getting this thing out, so it must have weighed some huge amount. God, Talking like... Fascinating. What? Uh, uh, well, okay, so the weight alone would have broken it through the floor. Uh, the weight certainly... Well, initially, have, yeah. Wouldn't have dug the hole, though. Um, oh, isn't that fascinating? Yeah, and so... So they finally get this thing out of the ground using multiple cranes, uh, the biggest ones they can get. This, this guy's, uh, these things were like monster cranes. They get it up, and they load it onto the biggest truck this guy had ever seen in his life. I mean, yeah. this, this was bigger than big, and they haul that thing away. It is like gone, you know, there, it's over there. You know, and so they just took the uh, uh, the stove away. I don't know if he got a good look to see what the stove looked like, but they, they loaded whatever was in there, detached the chains from the hooks and stuff, and trucked this thing off. All of this, in essence, just to get this burning ice, really. That's, that's what they got. But this guy here, as soon as I talked to him, he knew something was going down and something had gotten, well, my, my impression was it had gotten like out of control. And all of this just from something you lowered into the hole here that, in Nevada. That is correct.
Aye, aye, aye. All right. Uh, hold on. Hold it right where you are, Mel. We're going to break here. We'll be right back. Current circumstances of the world considered, you should listen to the words of this song. Because it's dead right. From the high desert, I'm with Mel Waters, and I'm Art Bell. West of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. It is, and I've got Mel Waters here. We're getting the continuing saga, or at least closure to this point, of the Mel's whole stories. That's plural. We'll get back to Mel in a moment. Once again, Mel Waters, Mel. Um, uh, Marilyn in Tulsa, Oklahoma asks, was there any sign of radioactivity? An obvious question. Um... I don't think these guys are capable of doing, you know, determining if that. None of the people have been around the hole in your state or the hole in Washington or this other site where the stove had gone into the ground had experienced any sickness or anything that I guess would, you know, be indicative of uh, radio. Any, any, yeah. you know, any, anything that made them like truly sick. Have you been back to our Nevada hole? Uh, no, I have not. And I, the, the reason why is that I feel at this point I am, um, um, people can follow me around. And, and uh, I, I don't want to lead anyone there at this point. You know? Have you detected people following you? Well, uh, I, I'm, well, I'll tell you, some some of the people um, that I was trying to find have found me. I mean, and I have not left a trail of breadcrumbs uh, out there. But so yeah, I, you're I not an easy guy to find. I'm not an easy guy to find. In fact, uh, that that is that all that is also my message to Charlotte, and that is that uh, 
uh, I, I'm not around because uh, people badger me all the time, even though I don't have a nickel in my pocket. Actually, I would be uh, aware of those you refer to. Let's not talk any more about it. Um, okay. That's listen, it. Um, listen. Uh, the whole in Nevada, uh, right. eventually, Mel, we've got to give uh, scientists or yeah. somebody uh, access to one of these I, things. I have a feeling... Be before the bulldozers come in with the suits and the, I, and the military uniforms. Uh, th this has been my discussion with uh, the Basque uh, over there, is that uh, at this point here, it's time to basically come clean on all of this stuff here, let someone exactly. from a university exactly. out there... They don't want... Uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, they just... There, you know. I mean, I, I can't see them profiting by it or anything. It's on public land. I mean, it doesn't belong to them. Uh, a lot of people, of course, probably haven't heard this whole story. And I'll, I'll tell you now, Mel. We're going to take this segment and we're going to repeat Mel's whole two on Christmas. And so we're going to take the segment we're in right now, play it back then. So oh, Merry well, Christmas. I'm going to tell you something, Art, and that is, boy, I sure got a lot of heat about the sheep and that. Uh, yeah, you want to you want to briefly tell that again very quickly. Well, it, yeah. it is a central core. This is good. Maybe I can lead into some more of this because there has been some more contact with. Good. That. Okay. What 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 we did is some of the Basque were really like crazy, and they one of the you know some of them wanted to be actually lowered into the hole, and that's after we brought that burning ice up <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. And I and I said that hey you don't want to do this you know you know you don't want to send a human being down there so they decided to lower sheep yeah and they winched the sheep well I I don't want to get into the grisly details but the sheep goes into the hole right goes down a thousand feet bring the sheep up sheep is dead they cut into the sheep they find this huge tumor looking sort of thing inside of it these guys are used to eviscerating sheep and they oh this doesn't belong in there they cut it open. And there's this thing that look it's alive inside. It looks like a, a, a baby seal. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like you see at the aquarium, you know, a, a pinniped, a, a baby seal. That's what it looks like. But the eyes are so odd. They, 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 we're, we're all described the same thing. It looked like it had eyes of a human being. You know, you look at a seal, picture of a seal, and it's got these black eyes. Right. This thing had, like, human-looking eyes. Oh, man. Okay, and we, we had experiences with it. I won't go into the whole thing, but what has happened here is that I have been told that the uh, Basque have seen the same creature again and again, and they've had many experiences with the, well, I'm going to call it the seal creature. Now, you had a guy on your show, I, I'm told, is red, like red elk or red something. Red elk, yes. And he talked about these things. They're called rock liars. And that's what he described them at. But he described these seal. He's like, he's like a, a Native Indian kind of, Native American sort of guy. Yes. And he described these things as being rock flyers. Well, that's an interesting name for them, rock and, flyers. And, and he said these, these creatures that live down in, in the earth, but... What, what I'm what I'm getting is the sense that they not only live in the earth, but they inhabit like different earths, and they are able to move between them. Uh, so, it's also possible, Mel. Um, it's crossed my mind that very, very deep within the earth, uh, there might even be a different uh, set of laws of physics that might begin to uh, 
Well, that was a reality that you would live with, and and maybe that's why you're getting some such weird things up out of these holes. Well, if if I'm I'm pulling up ice that keeps burning, and, yeah. and it's not cold, and then and, and I mean some sounds like a different kind of physics going it? on here. If we've got this this metal color that you cannot see from a certain distance, and no longer registers on the mind or in the eye or in the retina. Mm-hmm. That's strange. I'll tell you something. Remember, I told you I had I was given a replacement to the 1943 Roosevelt Dime. Yes, I recall. After I was told about this thing here, and I tried to take pictures of it, believe me. Actually, I, I can't do any of that stuff. My nephew does. But this is this is what I discovered after I told that they couldn't see the, the flange from a certain distance. Mm-hmm. If I stand 15 feet away from the dime, I can no longer see it. I can mm-hmm. see the uh, holder. I've got it in a plastic, like, loose sight holder. I can see the holder, and I can see straight through it. Then I walk towards it, and all of a sudden, the dime inside the holder materializes. That's what it's like. So I assume that if it wasn't able to photograph or not able to scan it, believe me, my nephew, he did everything he could to produce an image of this dime. Right. He could not do it. I have, I'm holding it right in my hand as we speak. I still have it. But you can't take a photograph of it. I, I, I can't even, when, when it's 15 feet away. What about the hole in Nevada? What about the hole in Washington? Well, well, now, I, I, I've not been to the site of the hole, and I can assure you at this point that the hole in, in, in Washington doesn't, it's probably been re-landscaped over there. So any, but, anything... But the hole, the hole in Nevada... is still right. there as it, as it was when I was there. It's still, it's out there in plain view. It's, it's well, we need we need some photographs. We really need some photographs. Well, I I am going to communicate with uh, the Basque out there and say, look, why don't we just have people come out there, find out where it is. From from my standpoint, this stuff sounds dangerous. And, and you know, I was telling you about how they hauled away this wood stove that had a bucket of ice in it and how heavy it became. That was right. so. Uh, are you familiar with any of the works by Kurt Vonnegut? Of course. Okay, he wrote a book called Cat's Cradle, and in that book, Cat's Cradle, there was a substance in there, fictional substance, called Ice-9. And Ice-9 was developed for the military, fictional, so that uh, the the, uh, the people, the biggest scourge to the military is mud. So they developed this substance that could pour in the mud, and it would solidify the mud. And the problem with it, though, is that it would keep on solidifying all of the water uh, out there as far as it could reach, and eventually it would destroy the planet if it continued to solidify. It absorbs all of the water. Well, scientists have actually speculated. Is it something biological? I mean, I can't imagine. I don't, I don't know. Because it's hard to imagine what else could continue to proliferate instead of, unless it was some sort of biological agent. I know they have biological agents that clean up oil spills. Yeah. You know, they created creatures that eat oil. That, that's a, you know, I haven't thought of that. I never thought of this as a living thing. I always thought of it as a physical, chemical phenomenon. Well, living things would be the one category that could continue to proliferate. proliferate. Anyway, this this ice nine in, in fiction does that. It, it can literally attach itself to all the water and render, render it mm-hmm. impossible to deal with. I mean, it would be no longer water, and you can imagine a world without water. Yeah, of course. Well, scientists have speculated. You can go on the internet and search for like ice nine. Yes. And there are scientists that actually believe that something like ice nine can exist. They actually believe 
that it is possible to accomplish something like the fictional Ice Nine. Well, that's why I kept saying, what about a different set of laws of physics right. inside the Earth? Obviously, something about the deep Earth, Mel, is very different than what we have here. It, the whole new set of laws down there that uh, that are going. But this 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 ice has been this burning ice has been a great huge source of concern for uh, all uh, all the people that I talked to, you know, and then the, the I, I'm not a military, whatever they worded down there, that went to the... So you have no idea who has it now? No, no, they, they, they took it away, and that, that was the report that I've got. And, uh, hmm. excuse me, uh, uh, anyway, I wanted to get back to the uh, the actual the actual hole over there in... Uh, yes. In, in your state, and and it was, I told you about the helicopters that routinely fly over there, and mm -hmm. uh, apparently, apparently no one has been molested over there that is encamped around the hole. But the Basque that are there have told me that uh, they receive visits from the seal-like creature. Formally. Now, now re recalling for everybody, the creature went back down. The it, hole. They, they, they actually, I actually took this and put them on the. Um, the, the flange, right? And he just dived in to the hole, like like a like a seal into the water. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, pre precisely like that. And, and uh, what I've what I've been told is that the uh, Basque have found a way of communicating with the seal because it comes up regularly now. It's like a regular visitor. And what they did, and I don't know how they uh, how they decided to do this, but the seal speaks to them through one of their boom boxes. So here you got the seal that's sitting there on the flange. You Mel, know. do you realize how I crazy I, well, look. <laughs> this sounds? I, I, I was crazy sounding from the first day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you have a point, Mel. But I mean, the, the seal or whatever in God's name this is. Can communicate to them. Through a boombox. Through, through the radio on the boombox. I don't know how it does it. I, I, have no, I, I don't have any idea of how radio works, okay? It receives radio frequency, That's so right. the, the implication would be this creature is it, capable of, of, uh, of radiating some sort of modulated radio frequency, and, and that's how it would happen. Um, it, I, mean, I mean, I always heard these tales of like a, 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 a people hearing like radio when they're two-filling. Oh, no, it's true. And, and wire that, fences that really out on the range. It's all true. You know, and so I, I don't know, but anyway, just the, anyway, they, they have been been communicating with them, and one of them was actually smart enough to uh, press the record button on on the uh, on the boombox. Good move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, he he did, but this this is what happened when he played it back. Yes. It sounded like uh, I, I've listened to shortwave radio before. Yes. But it sounded like that intermodulation that you get between like it, it's a series of chirps and. And bloops and bleeps and things like that. Oh yes, that's what was recorded. Oh, isn't that bloops and bleeps and stuff? That's all that was on a tape. I used to like those bloops and bleeps because they used to help me sleep. You know, I would turn it in between like a shortwave channel. Do you have that recording? I, I don't have it handy, but uh, but you I, have it. it yeah, it, but but it sounds exactly like that. The bloops and bleeps you get between some of the, the, the shortwave radio stations. Wow, exactly. I have no idea, but that's. They were hearing this, you know, speaking to them in the language they understood, and so uh, they, they talk about it. And, uh, and again, I, I'm not, I wasn't there, okay, but I, I don't think these guys, uh, the Basque, are 
are pulling my leg. They're not that kind of guy. They might be crazy enough to want to go into a hole. That well, it, it, crazy as it may sound, it's not really crazy based on your own first-hand experience with the holes now, is no, it? No, 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 it, 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 it isn't. If you take one context as a reality, then you can. it seems to me it shouldn't be that hard for you to accept their word on what's happened here. Right. Uh, and so, in, in that sense, but I'm also describing this to many, many, probably millions of people, I assume. Probably, right yes. Uh, and what, what I was told is that, uh, you know, uh, the re that these creatures inhabit the earth and they inhabit the other spaces linked and not linked together. And they're communicating through through the radio to them is what, what's occurring. And, and they do receive visitations from the seal creature from time to time. Well, I already like these little guys. If they use radio, they're my... Uh, are, are, they, are they your kind of people there? Gotcha. Uh, okay, now, now the, the Basque were warned about the ice that, that we sent down. What, kind, what kind of warning? They said from, from the seal creatures that the ice can and would destroy the world in a very little amount of time. So this stuff is too dangerous to fool around with. You don't have any way... It's not of, supposed to be up here. ...of understanding how this works, even though it is so tempting that all of a sudden, in a, in a bucket of ice, I've got what seems to be a un, un, unimaginable source of power, you know, an inexhaustible source of power, apparently. But I can't imagine if it's being uh, inexhaustible if it's getting heavier and it's absorbing water. <laughs> I mean, that to me doesn't sound like, you know, so I think that stuff that was down there really is truly dangerous if not contained properly is my feeling uh, on that there. And, I, and that's the warnings that they were giving us, that, that the world would be destroyed by the improper use of the ice. But uh, they anticipate that greedy and undisciplined use of the ice will probably occur in this world. Greedy and undisciplined use of the ice. It's an interesting phrase. Yeah, that in fact that's that's what was quoted to me. That 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 term, greedy and undisciplined. Well, you know, the world is looking, you know, for new power sources. Uh, Anything that burns, Mel, and uh, changes its own weight in that manner has a great deal of power. Hey, uh, this, this kind of reminds me of something. You, you know, we're, we're a fossil fuel-based economy, right? And uh, we've been using oil for the last uh, uh, 150 years, you know, crude oil, petroleum. Long time. Before that, the, uh, the oil that we used was whale oil. And uh, some of the most famous whalers in the world were the Basque. That's true. Okay. Now, I told you some time ago that there was a whale bone and it's stuck in a tree in Ellensburg. You know, I remember that. And I've been told by the Basque that they left that there, that they were Basque in the area huh. of the Washington Hole, and they left that whale bone there kind of as a marker. That's all I want to say about that, but that's what I've been told. Do you, do you think that somehow those beneath ground understood something about what we needed um, or what they thought we needed? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much because there were other, other things that were said that, uh, uh, and this might explain some things to you, but, you know, we talked about the greedy and undisciplined use of the ice, and they yes. said that they... Uh, these 
these sealed creatures, they can travel between these worlds. And that there are other people in other worlds that have designs on this world because this world is in pretty good shape. There are some people out there in other worlds that are similar to ours, but their world is so horrible. Well, our world is at least above ground. Yeah, but th their world is so horrible that if we had suffered a nuclear holocaust on, on this world, they would be happy to inhabit it. There are people there, and, and what they were told is there are other worlds similar to ours that have designs on this world, and that they monitor what happens on this world, and they okay, are making... Listen to me now. We're almost out of time, okay. Mel. Anything critical to get out? Uh, ju just, just, just that they are looking at our conditions and they are saying, hey, the, the world that, that is the Earth that we know is on a collision course to disaster. And a lot of them think this is good, that then when we're gone, they can come here and they think they're smart enough to use the ice that's here. That's 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 the word I'm getting. Okay, I'm not a prophet. I'm not anything. Just, I'm just. Was reporting. the implication in that that the ice was rare even to them? Uh, the, the, the ice is rare, but it is it is it, when it's discovered, it's almost always improperly used. That that no one has had the, the smartness. Now these seal creatures. Implication being, there's been other pieces of this above ground. In in other in other similar situations there that have been used. And uh, may, maybe it's been that some of this has surfaced in one of these holes, and, and you were saying maybe that's how these holes are formed. Yeah. Uh, any any number of those things. All right, listen okay. to me, my friend. Yeah. I've got we've got to go. That's fine. I want you to tell me, uh, swear to me that you'll get hold of some people at the University of yes, Washington I will. or wherever and proceed with this. Will I, you? I'll talk to the best. I think they're they're thinking along my way. They have no real vested interest. All right, I'm going to look for that to happen, Mel. You take care, my friend. Thank you very much, Art Bell. Good night, Mel Waters. Bye. Well, <laughs> that was quite an update, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. But maybe it could be true. We'll be back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.